The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. And here we are again in the wake of another horrific mass shooting. This one in Texas, just outside San Antonio, about 25 miles or so, at a church. And apparently the motive is the guy was upset with his ex-wife or his ex-wife's parents. Uh, how How do you stop this kind of thing? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know if you can. You can't, you, you just can't safety wrap our society. And, and I know we'd like to, you, you, you want to protect everybody. You don't ever want this to happen, but it's, I don't know. Is it inevitable? I don't know. I don't, I don't want to call it inevitable, but it sure feels like it is. Like some people are going to fall through the cracks. And when the, when these guys are obtaining these weapons illegally, and doing illegal things with them once they have them, uh, no amount of legislation or laws, no amount of gun control is going to stop that. It didn't stop it this time, and there's laws against it, and they're breaking those laws, so, and it's not going to stop it next time. And they, the left always admits that, yeah, that uh, anything they've proposed so far wouldn't, wouldn't have stopped any of these shootings. Then what are we doing them for? What are you, what are you even considering them for? But another 26 people lost their lives in this senseless shooting. Just really horrific. I walked into the church and just started shooting people. 26 dead, 20 more uh, hurt, 10 of them critically, uh, four of them in serious condition. So, I mean, it could get worse. And yeah, our thoughts and, and prayers are with the victims and their families. And... No amount of Democrats, leftists telling us that prayers are not enough or prayers aren't sufficient is going to stop the prayers. Of course, you don't just pray and then just sit there on your hands. I mean, it's ludicrous. I don't know why that, you know, people like Senator Bloomfield uh, from Connecticut. Blumenthal. Blumenthal, that's what it is. Eh, whatever. He, whatever. Call him what you want to, quite frankly. Senator Blumenthal uh, from from Tex- from Connecticut mm-hmm. um, it, it continually uh, speaking out on any of these any of these uh, shootings, and he feels like he's an expert now because of Sandy Hook and because something happened in his state and something horrifically tragic happened in his state. But his uh, comments yesterday are typical. I mean, he, he just keeps doing this. Horror, heartbreak, shame. Prayers are important, but insufficient. After another unspeakable tragedy, Congress must act or be complicit. Uh, who died and made you the king of, of who's responsible for all things? Uh, he also wrote, enough is enough. Now is the time for common sense gun violence prevention steps. Call it gun control. If you're going to speak out on this thing, at least have the giblets to call it what you mean. And that's gun control. You want gun control. You want to get the guns out of people's hands. You want to take them from the American people. 
A at least be honest. And I don't know if he thinks that people who say that our prayers or our thoughts and prayers are with the victims, if he thinks that's all you're going to do, well, it's, it's not. But what he wants done is gun control legislation. And that's just, it's probably not going to happen. Why? Because we have a Second Amendment that says that shouldn't happen. That's why. Now, if you want to come out and speak against the Second Amendment, do that. If you don't believe that Americans should have guns, say that. Have the courage of your conviction and just say it. Because I'm sick and tired of you hiding behind uh, your little blame game here and politicizing this every single time. Every time. 888 What do you think is the solution to this? How do we... How do we at least slow down the amount of times that mass shootings happen. Can you? Is there any step we can take focusing on the people and not the guns that would help bring an end to this? If you have any thoughts, love to hear from you. 888 In the meantime, there were some heroic actions yesterday that prevented uh, an even worse tragedy. There was a, a, a civilian with a gun who showed up and started exchanging gunfire with this guy. Then he got into a car from somebody's car he didn't know. He just happened to be driving down the street and happened to stop at the intersection and see what was going on. He ran over to that car and said, that guy just, just got into his car and took off, and he just shot up the church. Guy said, let's go. Uh, listen to this. One of the, one of the heroes... Uh, in this whole tragedy, I pulled up to I pulled up to the intersection where the shooting happened, and I saw two men exchanging gunfire. The other being a citizen of the community, and um, the shooter of the church had taken off, fled in his vehicle, and the other gentleman came, and he said we needed to pursue him. That he just shot up the church, and so that's what I did. I just acted and got him off the road, and okay. All right, Johnny, it sounds like we may be having a little bit of a technical difficulty. I'm going to try to switch mics here. All right. Actually, you're not. Johnny, but... could, so could you tell me again, you said that you heard the, uh, you saw the, you saw the two men exchanging gunfire, Correct. and then one of the men, someone you recognized, jumped in the car? Uh, no, I didn't know him at all. I didn't recognize him. I just, he just was a member of the community. And whenever mm. he came to my vehicle in distress and with his weapon, um, he just, he explained very quickly what happened, and he got in the truck, and I knew that it was just time to... Uh, it was time to go. Yes, sir. All right, so tell me about that. It, tell me about following this guy. Was it high speed? Was he driving normally all over no, the place? What was the line? No, no, sir. He got a little bit of a jump on us, and so we were doing about 95 down 539, going around traffic and everything. And, um, eventually, he came to kind of a slowdown, and after that... Uh, we got within just a few feet of him, and then he got off the road. How did that happen? Did you guys bump him, or did he lose control no, by sir. himself? He he just lost control, and then that's mm -hmm. whenever I put the vehicle in park because I was still on the phone with dispatch, and mm -hmm. the other gentleman jumped out and had his rifle drawn on him, and, and he didn't move after that. That's Johnny Langendorf, just a innocent passerby who uh, took action immediately. He didn't ask questions, didn't think about it, Told the guy with the gun to get in the car and we'll follow him. I mean, took his life in his hands at that moment. That's it's pretty amazing. I mean, good for him. A lot of people just run from this scene because they don't want anything to do with being shot at. 
and I don't know who this have we identified yet the private citizen who just had a gun with him and uh, happened to come upon this scene too um, I haven't even heard the guy's name haven't haven't heard it uh, mentioned by police who he was fortunately this happened in Texas so the guy's probably going to be okay um, in Texas you got the right to protect life and uh, that's what he was obviously doing. In fact, it's pretty unanimously believed by at least the authorities in the area that this guy saved a lot of lives by coming up on the scene and exchanging gunfire with him. And I, again, I, I haven't heard his name yet, but he described what happened uh, after the guy wiped out. I understand you guys called police as you were chasing him. Yes. Now, did you lead them to that point? Did they meet you there? or no, we, we led them to there. He was headed northbound on 539, and uh, everybody else was headed to the church. Or all the officers were responding to the church. So how long before police arrived at that scene? Uh, from the time we actually stopped, it was, about, it was about five minutes, five to seven minutes. And so the neighbor just kept his gun trained on him for yes. that long? Yes, sir. All right. Was the man moving? Was he injured? No, I don't know. We didn't, we didn't get close enough, we just... So what next? What happened once the police arrived? Just the police arrived and they pushed us back and then they got, they took care of the rest. I, we, I didn't see anything after that. All right, Johnny, what, were you, what was going through your mind during this chase? I mean, this is, you're chasing a shooter, you've heard he's just shot up a church in your hometown. What's going through your mind? Try and get him, uh, to get him, to get him apprehended or whatever needed to happen. I mean, it was just—it was strictly just acting on what the right thing to do was. Wow, pretty simple. That's a Texan for you. <laughs> he just didn't—he didn't think about his own safety. He didn't think, "Am I going to be in trouble for doing this?" He just acted and just did what he believed was the right thing. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing guy. Triple eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. Uh, Neil in Arizona, you're on the blaze. Hi. Howdy, Mr. Gray. Um, talking about going by and seeing a tragic situation, mm -hmm. murder situation. Back in Granada Hills, California, I turned right, going to work. I worked at a gun shop down the street. A man was shooting people 100 yards away from me with an Uzi. He was a white supremacist at a Jewish school. They had just disarmed the security guard the day before, took his revolver away because they didn't want guns on the campus. Wow. If I had done that, same thing. How would I have been treated? How would other people have thought about it? My customer shot a guy in the chest saying, no, you're not, because that guy walked into a donut store and said, I'm going to shoot all of you, the 13 people. He did not get to do that. The guy had a permit to carry a gun in California. Um, the idea that when you go to church, I don't remember anywhere in the Bible that says when you turn the other cheek, you have to learn, lean into it. Right, right. That's right. Uh, and and there's there's nothing that says you can't protect yourself. I mean, th that is a law of that's it's a natural law that you can protect yourself. Uh, and Jesus we have, and his disciples carried staff. One had a sword. Yeah. They did protect themselves, but they didn't murder. Right. The people that have done this murdered. They don't kill. They murdered. Right. Appreciate it. Thanks, Neil. Uh, and and at church. Uh, We'll get into this MSNBC discussion that is just, uh, <laughs> it'll make the hair on the back of your head stand on end. It's, it'll make your skin crawl. But 
it's important, I think, to take it apart piece by piece because uh, there were so many wrong-headed points made in a three- or four-minute time span that uh, you just can't let that slide. 888-900-3393. Let me tell you about it. If you can't find anything in the marketplace that's tastefully designed for the conservative-minded consumer this season, visit T-State, T-E-A, state.shop to see and uh, to order a set of 15 beautifully designed Constitution Bible Christmas cards and envelopes. Uh, Things like this. Beautiful. We the people, we hold this truth to be self-evident. And then you open it up. Happy birthday to our creator. Uh, Really nice. Really nice cards. Perfect for this year's mailing. Or you can give them to your conservative friends as a unique Christmas gift. Or give them to liberals just to shake them up. Just to have a little bit of fun with them. Uh, The card's message reaffirms the belief upon which America was founded. To view and order these cards, go to tstate.com. Dot shop. Each set costs only $14.99 plus shipping. And get this, a dollar of each card set purchased uh, will be donated to Mercury One. That, of course, is uh, Glenn's 501c3 charity and designated for Hurricane Harvey relief. And it just keeps getting better. For each two sets of cards ordered, receive one hand autograph copy of Steamer and Shelley Go to Pot, a children's picture book by author Richard Lynn Stack. If you, if you want to take advantage of this, it's a phenomenal deal. Go to tstate.shop to order. That's tstate.shop. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Pat Gray unleashed. We do have the. Uh, we do now have the name of the man who intervened uh, yesterday, at the risk of his own life. I mean, absolutely, his his life was in peril as he's exchanging gunfire with the with the Texas killer yesterday. Uh, he is a plumber. The man hailed as a hero for confronting the Texas mass shooter during his rampage is a sharpshooting plumber with no military background. He did hit the gunman through a gap in his body armor. Stephen Wilford managed to shoot Devin Kelly before jumping in another man's truck and chasing him down. Uh, And then apparently, Kelly shot himself after wiping out in his SUV. Texas Department of Public Safety Chief Freeman Martin said Williford grabbed his rifle and engaged the suspect after Kelly left the First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs, where he opened fire uh, with an assault rifle that killed 26 people. An area resident told the paper that Williford, an avid biker who attends another church, learned about the shooting when his daughter called to say a man clad in body armor was shooting worshipers. <laughs> so he, he got a call from his daughter got his rifle, and took off to help. Cool. They said that while he has no military background, he didn't hesitate when he came face-to-face with the suspect, managed to squeeze off a round that struck the gunman, 
who had dropped his Ruger AR-15 variant. Uh, Wilford jumped into a truck driven by another another guy, Johnny Langendorf, who we heard from. And if it weren't for, for his courage, um, most people believe, including police, there'd be a lot more dead people. So it, it's hard to... It's hard to say, well, you don't want armed people at church. Why not? Uh, we, I know for a fact at my church there are armed people. And you know what? There's never been a gun battle breakout between them. Not once, not ever. And nobody, you know, if they disagree with what's being taught in Sunday school, they've never taken out a pistol and shot at the teacher. Not once, which is a good thing because I'm one of the uh, Sunday school teachers. Uh, and probably have given people reason to do that. Mm. It's never happened, however. Um, so it's just it's just a means of defending ourselves. You're, you wouldn't even know. The rest of the parishioners won't even know if somebody there has a gun. But they would if a person with an AR-15 comes in and starts randomly shooting at the congregants. Then they can take out their gun and put him down. It just makes sense that you might have somebody there who can defend people. Uh, but not to the left. Not to the left. The left really wants the as much as they say they're all about the Second Amendment, they're not. They're not about the Second Amendment. Uh, and Barack Obama came out with a little statement uh, yesterday that Proves once again. Who's that guy? Some private citizen out there babbling? Yes. Okay. He, fortunately, now he is a private citizen babbling. Um, what he said was, we grieve with all the families in Sutherland Springs harmed by this act of hatred, and we'll stand with the survivors as they recover. May God also grant all of us the wisdom to ask what concrete steps we can take to reduce the violence and weaponry in our midst. Uh, so that's obviously... He's talking about reducing the amount of guns, right? I mean, he's he said his entire presidency. I'm not trying to take the guns. I know what he said. Nobody's talking about taking the guns. Well, right here, he's talking about reducing the guns. 888-933-93. Judy in Pennsylvania. You're on the blaze. Hi. Hi. Go ahead. Hi. How are you? Good. Um, Pat, I'm thinking of two bit. Uh, Old Testament stories. Mm -hmm. One, the book of Judith. She was a wealthy widow. They were The town was surrounded by the enemy. The city fathers were quaking in the boots. She went, prayed, took her handmaiden out into the desert, entered the enemy's camp, seduced the enemy, chopped his head off, <laughs> and brought his head back to the town, put his head up on a pike. They, the enemy fled before them. That's number one. Number two, and you would know this better than I, the, I think it's the book of Ruth. Jewish queen married to uh, a non-Jewish king. Mm -hmm. His advisor whipped the king up against the Jews, got the Jews to sign an order in which the Jews were all going to be slayed. She went to the king, invited him to dinner, along with this advisor, pled her case before the king, admitted to being Jewish. The king, because of his love for the queen, signed a second order and allowed the Jews to arm themselves. The Jews killed their attackers 
and the king's advisor and his wife and I think his sons were killed in the town square by the king. Two biblical examples in which people are allowed to defend themselves Absolutely. by whatever means possible. Yeah. Yeah, and there I mean you could you could cite many more biblical stories like that too. Um, and I, I'm sorry if I've got the book if I've got I've named the book of Ruth wrong. I know about the book of Judith. I may have the book of Ruth wrong. But she was an orphan girl raised by her uncle and the uncle said to her, You have to approach the king on this. Because the uh, Jews knew the order was coming down. Yeah. Really good examples. Appreciate it, Judy. Um, absolutely, we're, we're, we're allowed to defend ourselves. Absolutely. Um, and and there's, there's no reason to listen to the, the, the left screaming at the top of their lungs about how we don't want anybody armed at church. Why? <laughs> Why? If you've got law-abiding citizens at church... Then there's no reason they shouldn't be armed for when somebody who isn't law abiding comes into that fold and then they can defend themselves. 888 Phil in Pennsylvania. You're on the Blaze. Hi. Hi, Pat. Hey. Um, I was watching the Morning Blaze with Doc this morning, mm-hmm. and about 18 minutes in, he mentioned three things that kind of tie the shooter into the Sutherland Springs, Texas area. The most convincing one of which was that on is a strange the, the shooter's estranged wife's Facebook profile. She listed Sutherland Springs, Texas, as her hometown. Secondly, mm-hmm. that the mother-in-law uh, is shown in numerous pictures with people from the First Baptist Church. And the third thing that he found was that the estranged wife might have once been employed at the church. I just thought that was real interesting that that early on in the morning he had already found out at least some information that might tie this guy to that particular church in town. Yeah. It definitely looks as though the guy had some vendetta against his ex-wife and her family. And that's what this was about. Yeah. Uh, Which is, which is really horrific. I I don't know why you go in and into a church and, and start shooting everybody in it when you're angry at your wife. It just, there's, but we're going to find out that this guy's mentally deranged. And, yeah, that's uh, that's going to have to be know, the outcome in the, in the end of this because there's yeah. no rationality for punishing None. all those right. people who have really no connection to him at all. He never right. attended that church probably in his life. Probably not. In fact, th- they say that he preached atheism. So I don't think he attended any church. Uh, appreciate the call, Phil. So apparently uh, he was an atheist uh, and he was upset with his in-laws or his ex-wife and took it out in this way and... Again, you're just deranged. You're insane. You're mentally unstable, and I don't know how you fix that. Uh, it, can you stop people with mental illnesses from um, from buying guns? Yes, if they've been diagnosed. Many of them haven't. So what are you what are you going to do? I mean, I, I don't. I, I honestly don't know what the solution to this is. It involves the people, however. That much I do know. It involves the people who kill other people, not the gun. Because the gun isn't just hopping into the church by itself and starting to take aim at people and shoot them. That's, that's not going on. So if we can get to the heart of the matter, you know, Megan Kelly broke down on her show today and um, said this. How do you make sense of a case in which a five-year-old gets shot five times? You don't. 
You don't make sense. You know, 26 people are dead. I mean, what mm. does it say about us, right? Mm. What are we going to do about it? Mm -hmm. All of the, the victims are in our prayers this morning. We'll be right back. I don't know what it says about us. Does it say anything about us? I, I don't know. I mean, it says we have a constitution, for one thing, that, that people continue to defend gun ownership. We have certain rights that are, are inalienable. They didn't come from government. They came from God. And it also says that we've got some problems in our society that maybe are beyond gun control that we need to deal with. 888-933-93. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It is Pat Gray dealing. And here we are dealing with another mass shooting. The last one in Las Vegas, the the largest ever in American history, was what a month ago, a little over a month ago, five weeks. Oh, jeez. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's a problem. I are they happening more frequently? I don't know, but the perception is that they are. So. We should, you know, sit down and have an actual, a real live conversation about why it's happening, uh, how it's happening, what is the cause of it, and what can we do about it when we have uh, the Second Amendment? What can we do about it? Do we blame the gun? Because if we continue to blame the gun, you're not going to help anything. I mean, Chicago and Washington, D.C. are perfect. Baltimore, Maryland. Those are all perfect examples of what happens when you have stringent gun control in an area. You can't get any more stringent and have a constitution than Chicago is. In yeah. fact, their law was part of their law was tossed out because it was unconstitutional. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. And wasn't it John Lott who, who, uh, yep. who, who uh, actually uh, fought that? He fought that. He took it to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. We're going to have him on in uh, about half an hour. And that's one of the points John Lott <clears throat> makes uh, in that book uh, that he wrote with Glenn, Control. Litigated was the word there I was go. looking for. Yeah. It was John Lott who litigated that. But liberals like to often say that the mm. crime rate in America is so out of control. And, and it it's points, not. It points to America as being this horribly violent country. Mm -hmm. And he makes the point in that book that if you uh, take out the uh, top five progressive cities in the country where they have virtually banned guns within their city limits, yeah. then our crime rate comes way, way down. I think it makes us like an average country. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's clearly uh, the lack. Yeah. Of there's something else going on. There's something else going on and it's, it's in the home. It's with the family. It's, uh, you know, bringing God back into our lives. It's the fact that uh, we don't take human life seriously anymore we're so desensitized to what human life means when you have uh when you have leftists who are continually 
proclaiming the benefits of Planned Parenthood and excusing the fact that they they kill 300,000 babies a year. And they're perfectly fine with that. And that's absolutely wonderful to them. And they want to keep that going. I mean, the, the Mila Kunis thing, she's a, an actress, if you don't know. She she actually does the uh, the bourbon ads. Have you seen those with the huge kegs of bourbon that are that are being kept for four years mm. before they're opened up or whatever? I haven't seen that. Anyway, she that's her claim to fame right now because I, I don't know if anybody wants her for their movies. <laughs> but she was on Conan O'Brien uh, talking about just a cute little thing she did to the vice president of the United States. Hey, uh, let's take a look at that. I just said you pulled a little prank on uh, our vice president, Mike Pence. Is that right? Oh, I did. You want to tell us what that was all about? This is when a lot of hate mail comes my way. I apologize if I'm offending anybody. Um... I, it's not so much a prank as much as I disagreed with some of the stuff that Pence was doing and was trying to do. And so as a reminder that um, there are women out there in the world that may or may not agree with his um, platform, I put him on a list of reoccurring um, uh, donations that are made in his name to Planned Parenthood. And so... Idiots. There's a Idiots. monthly... This happens every month. Every month to his Yay. office, he gets a little letter that oh. says, like, a don- anonymous donation has been made in your name. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, Isn't that great? I don't, look at it as a, I don't look at it as a prank. I literally, this is just like, yeah. I strongly disagree. Mm-hmm. And this is my little way sure. of Peaceful protest, it. yeah. It's yeah. a peaceful protest. Yeah, it's yeah. a peaceful protest to continue the murder of children. That's great, Mila. <laughs> no, it's wonderful that the audience agreed with you so much. Yay! She donated money to Planned Parenthood so they can keep killing children. Good! So that's where we are. I mean, you've got idiots like that. Morons who can't think past that women disagree with him so strongly. On what? <laughs> that he doesn't want babies slaughtered to the tune of 52 million in 40 years? Really? You disagree with that? Wow. I mean, until we get that problem solved, how are we going to solve any of these other human life issues? Like whether or not people feel fine to go into a church and murder 26 people. Irretrievable, Pat. It, it's, it is. I mean, you know, we had this story of, of this hideous woman in Britain who had some weird bucket list that she wanted to kill somebody. And she wrote that she can't rest until the blood of a fresh victim is gushing. Uh, And she tortured and killed a teen and uh, got caught, fortunately. But that was, she did it because it was on her bucket list. And she was incredibly happy and exhilarated after doing it. Okay, that's... That's a sickness that uh, goes way beyond gun control. She uh, she took murder off of her bucket list uh, and had written a horrific novel with chilling passages about about wanting to end somebody's life. She didn't even care whose, and it turned out to be this eighteen year old kid. Yeah, a friend had, of her son who had Asperger's. Oh my jeez. So she killed him with a wire, 
until it broke. She choked him with it and stabbed him three times. Buried him in a shallow grave in her garden. And, you know, we're supposed to... We're supposed to blame things on guns. Now, Britain has some of the strongest gun control in the world. Mm. They actually banned guns. Uh, they didn't didn't stop the death of that poor kid. Why? Because of our uh, lack of sensibility about human life. She just didn't care about human life. Mila Kunis couldn't care less about human life. If she did, she would look a little beyond a woman's right to choose and think about the actual action that is happening there in Planned Parenthood. You can, you can get a breast screening anywhere. You, you can get a low-cost uh, cancer screening anywhere. As a matter of fact, they don't even do the cancer screening at Planned Parenthood. They'll tell you where to go to get one. Well, find it on Google, okay? You ever heard of Google? You could find a million different places to get low-cost health care uh, and low-cost condoms and birth control pills. If that's your big issue, if that issue supersedes human life in the womb, then, you know, we, we've got other places you can do that. 888 let us go to Sean in Minnesota. Sean, you're on the blaze. Hi. How you doing? Good. Good. Hey, um, I'm a huge Second Amendment supporter, but um, we we do need to talk about things that need to get done. Like, you know, people felons should not be allowed to have guns, and well, they um, people, can't under the current laws. I, they can't, and you know, criminals shouldn't have guns, and people <laughs> with you know that have been you know, mentally unstable, mm-hmm. things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have I'm guns. Being a little fris- yeah, I'm yeah, being a little... Yeah, fris- I, I noticed that, yes. <laughs> yes, we've, you know, but that's, isn't that what they do? That we should do yeah. background checks. Right, yeah. we do them. Uh, if you're a felon, you shouldn't have a gun. Right, we check that one off. Uh, if you're a domestic abuser, shouldn't, it, yes, we've checked that one off too. So, you're right, I mean... But that's what we hear all the time, as if we've done none of those things, as if all of that is fair game, according to the left. It's frustrating. There, there isn't, there isn't any, any laws that can be enacted that's going to stop people that want to hurt. And and then you know, and I know you say that all the time too. And it's just, it, it irritates. You know, it's just irritating yes. to listen to. And much worse than that, because it's infuriating, yep. it's enraging. And it's also, thanks for the call, Sean, it's also harmful to our society. Because, you know, it's just a lie that we continue to propagate. That we haven't take, taken care of any of those things. And that if we just do some common sense gun control legislation, like, let's do background checks. Yeah, in 99% of cases, we do background checks. Well, if, if we did more background checks, I mean, what, how many more do you want to do? You do an FBI background check. When I bought my AR-15, which, by the way, I've, I've not shot anyone with. Um, but when, when I did that, they, it goes to the FBI. They find out if you have anything in your past that should uh, disqualify you from owning a gun. It takes a few minutes. And then when they find out that your record is clean, you get to buy the gun. That's, what else do you want to do? Yeah. What do you want to do? 
and I don't know the answer to this, but where do you draw the, quote, mental illness that's, line? That's a really tough one. That's a really Seriously. tough one. Because what if somebody in your family is has depression? You know, millions, tens of millions of people have depression. And many of them take medication for it. Does that mean that no one in that household can then own a gun because they'd have access to it? Yeah, probably. That's what will happen. So if you, if you start down that road... Uh, it's it's that's going to take it out of the common sense arena. If you start down that road, then you're going to take guns out of the hands of a lot of people who shouldn't have guns taken out of their hands. Uh, Stephen in Illinois, you're on the blaze. Hi. Uh, yes. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I had a couple mm-hmm. things I wanted to show you guys if possible. Okay. Um, the main thing being the context, uh, being a youth pastor, my dad was actually being the pastor was gone right after the Vegas shooting happened. And I actually mm-hmm. preached a sermon on defending yourself. Uh, from the pulpit, which might That's make great. some news media people a little nervous that I did that. Um, I'll bet. But beyond that, <laughs> um, there's something that Jesus mentioned about how they had things left to do and people were going to try to stop them. So they said, it's important that we have swords. In fact, it's so important. You need to sell the shirt you're wearing to go buy one. Wow. It's, that's Luke chapter 22, verses 35 to 38, if you want to look it up for yourselves, or other people who are listening to this. Wow. And they said, here, Lord, here are two swords. And he says, that's enough. That's so great. that's pretty important to Jesus, I guess. You know, did you, you say have a, a gun in Jesus' house. Did you say? You know, go have swords, <laughs> that's fine. Did you say Luke chapter 25? Tw- Luke chapter 22, 22. 35 through 38. All right. That's uh, definitely worth a look. Uh, thanks, Stephen. Appreciate that. I'm not sure I've noticed that one probably read it and it just didn't hit me because we weren't you know in this context but uh that's pretty interesting uh triple eight we've got uh, john lott coming up in just a few minutes and we'll we'll talk to him about some of the common sense things that are people talk that people are talking about right now and is there any way that you can keep guns out of the hands of mentally der- deranged people is there any way that you can keep hands, uh, guns out of the hands of people who are going to break the law? Because murder is against the law, and so why are they going to pay attention to any of these other laws? <laughs> oh, well, I, I can't buy a gun without a background check. Then I certainly can't buy it from this guy on the street. <laughs> so, uh, no, don't try to sell me that gun. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It defies, defies all logic. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It's time to say goodbye to Big Mobile and hello to Freedom. Big Mobile is contributing to this problem because they take a portion of, of the bill that you're paying to them right now, and they donate to things like Planned Parenthood and uh, Michael Bloomberg's gun control group, and they advocate for issues like sanctuary cities. But there's something you can do about that. You can switch to Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is. The only affordable option for your cell phone service that is conservative. They will take a portion of your proceeds, up to 5% of your monthly bill, and they will donate to support traditional family values and religious freedom and gun rights. You can, you, in fact, you tell them which organizations you want them to donate to, and they will do that. Plus, you get the same nationwide coverage with unlimited talk, text, and data for a better price. Right now... Unlimited talk and text starts at 20 bucks a month with Patriot Mobile. 20 bucks a month. Give them a call right now. 800-A-PATRIOT. That's 1-800-A-PATRIOT. 
or you can check them out online at patriotmobile.com slash pat. That's patriotmobile.com slash pat. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. on the blaze radio network we've got to do something that's the that's the never-ending outcry after each of these events we got to do something nobody ever stops and thinks hey how about we do the right thing how about we not just throw a dart at the wall and see where it lands how about we really think it through and and really come up with the fact that it's not guns randomly killing people it is people who use the gun and kill people People are the answer to this. It's a really, it, it, there's not an easy solution here. And that's what they, that's what the left is seeking is some easy solution. Well, just take guns away from people and then this will never happen. Well, then they'll use something else. Look at, look at what ISIS is doing. They're, because I guess, I don't know if they're having a hard time obtaining guns or what the situation is, but they seem to be running over plenty of people in cars right now. That is their current preferred method, is running over people in cars. Well, do we need a three-day waiting period on purchasing or renting a a truck at uh, Home Depot? I mean, you know, how many people have died in terrorist activities? 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. Barack Obama calling for less, uh, fewer weapons. Senator Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut says he's heartbroken, uh, but there's horror and shame as well. Prayers are important, but insufficient. That's the new thing with the left. They, because it just drives them out of their mind that people turn to God in these times. They can't have that. So initially they were saying, hey, stop with the prayers. That's not getting it done. Now they're at least saying prayers are important, but insufficient. After another unspeakable tragedy, Congress must act or be complicit. Um, He says enough is enough. Now is the time for common sense gun violence prevention steps. Congressional complicity must end. (laughs) Well, it is so easy to say. It is so easy to say all of that. On Morning Joe, there was uh, such an agonizing discussion it's going to take a while to take this apart but here's what they had to say american support increased background checks the the excuse is always it's too soon to talk about it but it's so soon between each one of these incidents there is no Mm -hmm. time to talk about it we are responding to an incident like this every one to two weeks around the united states the pace has picked up significantly over the last three to four years actually that's not accurate uh the pace actually hasn't picked up at all 
It is. The, I know it doesn't seem the same, but it is about the same pace as it's ever been. And we are removing barriers to if we're worried about uh, mentally disturbed people getting these weapons. Uh, President Trump is removing those barriers. So if he's concerned mm. about mentally disturbed people getting assault rifles, he can do something about it. And Joe, I'm a strong Second Amendment supporter. I oh. grew up in a home with guns. My dad was uh -huh. a safety obsessive about oh. having us know how to use the guns. Right. Uh, okay. All of that is followed by a huge but. You feel that coming on, right? The absolute most safest uh -huh. way. But, I, but, but I don't but. like the idea of have, needing to have a loaded pistol in my purse to go to church on Sunday morning. Right. right. Why? That just, it, if that's the answer, that isn't a solution. No. Why? <laughs> Wait a minute. If that's the answer, it's not a solution. Why? Why? If somebody had had a gun in that congregation yesterday... After the first shot, they could have put this guy down. Why is that not? A, that's the best of all solutions. That little women who are going to the Baptist church need to have a loaded, a loaded pistol gun. in their purse. Well, you know, it's just stupid. Not everybody in the congregation is going to do that, right? The little old lady is probably not going to be pistol packing. But some of the men would be. You know, some of those, some of the younger women might. No, 90-year-old women are probably not going to pack. Uh, heat with them at the, at the church, but other people will. I mean, this is just, they set up these straw man arguments. It's so ridiculous. Protect themselves yes. Back from being killed. A long at church. At church. Right. Yeah, that, the answer is you need that we all need to carry guns into Jesus's house of worship on, sat on Sundays. The, the only time that a church is like Jesus's house is when something like this has happened and then you're talking about bringing a gun to the to the party um when do they ever talk about jesus on msnbc <laughs> come on now no no excuse and, us and for the, wanting something better a place of peace yeah okay. the prince of mm -hmm. peace uh you, you get, you get <laughs> pack, pack a pistol to go worship the prince of peace you know oh boy. when i was in congress with Harold, here we go I was considered a strong Second Amendment supporter. I, I doubt it. Like I, and, and I was. I mean, like, mm -hmm. at, I don't know, maybe 95% NRA rating. We should look that up. Let's see what his rating was with the NRA. And said, we need you to do really, really stupid stuff right now. They don't I mean, go to anybody got, again, and say it's that, gotten Joe. so extreme. When George W. Bush ran in 2000, mm -hmm. he supported increased background checks. He supported... Um, he supported uh, we, we a have ban on background uh, military-style assault weapons. He supported smart guns. He supported all of these things. And that was 2000 and 2004. And, and that was fine with the NRA back then. Now you can't even ban the bump stocks that turn semi-automatic weapons into automatic weapons. Insane. It's insanity. I don't know what the threshold is that Americans uh, respond to it. I mean, we respond... We overreact to terrorist incidents in many, many ways, but we have had mass shooting after mass shooting, and there's been no real change. If the president would mm. just be himself on yeah, this and call for extreme honest. vetting around background checks, that would be one right. positive step. So I ask the president, just be you yeah. on, on well, this issue. Yeah, we, and make government vetting. work, where it is clearly not working right now. This function of government is broken. And Donald Trump said he was going to come in and start making the government work again. This is a prime area for him to go and add some efficiency. We are make sadly, safe again. we are make churches safe again, make schools safe again. We are sadly 
coming up on the five-year anniversary next month of Sandy Hook. And there are a lot of people that said, if that didn't move people, right. well, to well, take a second look at how we can have a more comprehensive approach to not only pr protecting little kids that go to school, but protecting uh, people in Chicago and across the country. If that's not going to do it, what is? And now we have Southern Baptist churches getting shot up again. Had it been a radical Islamic terrorist yeah. with a beard named Muhammad? Yeah. That's easy. Um, yeah, th that Washington would be melting down. Right yeah, well, that's a little easier to... to uh to deal with because that's not necessarily mental illness that's a terrorist it's a terrorist act of somebody who hates us and they have told us they're trying to kill us guys like this just snap triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three we found out joe scarborough's record in congress with the uh with nra and we'll get into that and john lott coming up Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393. We're going to talk to one of the uh, great gun experts in the country who has done, you know, just incredible things for the Second Amendment, John Lott. PhD co-wrote the book Control, Exposing the Truth About Guns with Glenn. Uh, he's the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. He actually litigated the gun control issues in Chicago and got that overturned in the Supreme Court. So either we're having a little discussion whether he thought it was uh, Eastern time or Central time. So it may be next hour that he's on. Uh, so um, we'll see. If he calls in the next few minutes, it'll be now. And if he doesn't, hopefully it'll be it'll be next hour, uh, because he's got to have some fascinating insight on you know what what can we do? Something I guess has to be done, but I'd like it to be the right thing. If we're going to do something, let's do the right thing and let's focus on why people do this, why people kill other people. Do we have no respect for human life anymore? Has it been the elimination of God in our society? Is it the proliferation of these games, video games, where and nobody wants to hear this, but is does that contribute to it? I don't know. I don't know. Some studies say yes. When you're when you're play killing hundreds of people every day on video games, does that desensitize you in real life? Do, movies do they have? any responsibility in this geez we got hollywood who was they're the biggest gun control activists in the world and yet uh, they're they proliferate the gun culture more than anybody does they don't want to hear that but good golly i mean the bloodbath that they portray on screen does that affect people i don't know it may or it may not but I, I think, you know, maybe we need to talk about real issues here. Maybe we need to talk about the real causation of situations like this with this uh, deranged guy who killed 26 people at a church in Sutherland Springs, Texas, yesterday. Another horrific incident. Just 
five weeks after the Las Vegas shooting. And so you have the normal cries for, for taking guns out of the hands of Americans. This is the only country that has this sort of problem. Why is that? Is that because people have guns? Well, no, there's more guns now, and there's actually less gun violence. The mass shootings happen on, I think, about the same pace that they've ever happened. But it's just that they seem so much more prevalent now because we hear about them so much more now. So what do we do about it? Because actual killing with guns has gone way down since the 1970s, 1980s, 1990s. I think gun violence peaked in maybe 92 or 93, where cities like New York City had 2,600 2,600 murders by gun a year. That's down to six, seven, eight hundred now. That's an amazing decrease in gun violence. An amazing decrease. We get all kinds of shootings in Chicago where they have these the toughest, the most stringent gun laws in the country. They don't work in Washington, D.C. Again, some of the toughest gun laws in the country. They don't work. And if you really pin down the Democrats on what they're trying to do and ask them, well, is what you're, is what you're proposing here going to stop these things? Would it have stopped anything that's happened up to this point? No, but we got to do something. That's what you always hear. Well, if it wouldn't stop anything, what good is it? (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense. And then they're always talking about common sense gun control. 888-900-3393. What do you think we, where do we go from here? What should we do? Uh, Chris in Missouri. Welcome to the blaze. Hey, Pat. Hey. Uh, I got a little bit of a radical idea. I've kind of toned it down. I was a little bit upset when I talked to your screener. Just, uh, Mm. My whole family's pretty much, you know, freaking out about this. But I'll tell you what, uh, I'm a truck driver. I've been out here for about 15 years, and I've seen all kinds of things. And one of the things I do, one of the things I do know is things can go perfectly normal and calm to chaotic in an in instant. Yes. And from anywhere. True. And my solution is, uh, is that, you know, if the government's not going to, if the federal government's not going to pretty much put their foot down and say, look, uh, any state that prohibits any citizen of this country uh, to own a firearm to protect the life, and if and if arrested, will come to the defense and aid of those people, then you know they're going to withhold funds, whatever. So you know, I what I said to the screener was, is that some churches ought to hang some warning signs to would-be psychopaths and demon-possessed individuals, which I think a lot of it has to do with, and, you know, I said mental illness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if everybody starts packing guns, or the local police uh, SWAT teams are members of some of these churches, they get, you know, they, they have kind of an under-the-table deal, like, look, you know, while we're in church, you know, we've got your back. I think everybody, and, I, and you start killing these people that's doing this, and, oh, it's going to be an outcry, and they're going to say, well, the shootings are going up. Well, but you're shooting the right people. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> maybe... Maybe, uh, maybe this that will maybe stave off. I know the first probably six months of that. Yeah. You know, well, the what you're kind of saying it seems like to me is that these things normally happen in these so-called gun-free zones, right? Where where nobody has exactly. guns, where, like a school or a church, and they go to these places where they know they're going to be safe because nobody there has a gun. But if somebody does, you're going to stop this a lot quicker. Right? I oh, mean, 
yeah. It just make it just makes sense. Appreciate the call, thanks, Chris. And then you get, but you get the naysayers screaming about, "Well, you're gonna have guns at church?" Well, yes, we already do. I don't know if you are aware of this. A lot of people have guns at church. They do. Uh, a lot of congregations allow guns at church. Um, I don't know about a lot, but there are some, and mine does, as long as they know. Who it is that's bringing guns to church? Then you know they they can sign off on it or not. Um, but if you stop with the gun-free zone and you have somebody there that can defend everybody when somebody's coming into a gun-free zone to make a name for themselves or because they're just out of their stinking minds or whatever the case may be, they're going to think twice about going there. Triple eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. We've got John Lott now uh, on the phone. PhD co-wrote the book uh, Control with Glenn. He's the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. Uh, John, welcome to The Blaze. Great to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Now, you have, um, you've been on this case for a, a really long time, and you've heard all the excuses, and you've heard all of the so-called common sense gun legislation rules that we need to, in, in, uh, that we need to install is there is there anything that we need to be doing that we're not doing right now as far as keeping guns out of the hands of psychopaths? Look, I wish it was easy to keep guns out of people who have mental illness or other problems. Mm-hmm. Um, here, here's the deal. If you look at uh, cases of mass public shooters, about half of them, See, and we're seeing mental health care professionals before they engaged in their attacks. And yet you can look over the last couple decades, at least, and you can't find one single case where any one of those mental health care professionals identified any of those individuals as either a danger to themselves or a danger to others. Right. There's a whole literature in psychology and psychiatry, academic literature, that bemoans the fact that they just are not good at identifying individuals who are risk to others. Now, part of it is the fact that people with mental illness on average are actually less violent than, uh, than the general population. And people with mental illness are actually more likely to be victims of violent crime. So, you know, you know I wish it was easy just to say, well, if we just spent more money on this. The, the thing is, you look at many of these mass killers, they were seeing not just mental health care experts, but people who are leading members of their fields. Yeah. You look at the Santa Barbara killer. Uh, He was seeing somebody who was internationally known for being an expert on uh, juvenile mental illness type issues and even a specialty in violence. And yet he didn't identify uh, the killer there as uh, as a danger to himself or risk to uh, risk to himself or danger to others. So, you know, uh, I mean, I guess the big law that keeps on getting pushed each time after we have these mass public shootings is this so-called universal background check, these background checks on private transfers of guns. And and what percentage, what percentage of gun purchases do they make up? Um, It's a small percentage, right? It's, it's. Yeah, well, we don't know exactly, but it's probably, uh, if you include just purchases, you're probably talking about something that's about 12% or yeah. so. Okay. If you're talking about all transfers, you're probably talking about something that could be near 20%. You know, a lot of 
you know, fathers may gift a gun to a, a son or to a child, or, you know, you may have a right. grandfather giving it to grandkids or whatever. Uh, those are probably the majority of, uh, of these types of transfers. But, um, but in any case, uh, I wish somebody in the media would ask these proponents of these laws to name one of these mass public shootings that would have been stopped if these laws had been in effect. Because right. at least over the last couple of decades, you can't find a single case. You know, ironically, after each of the mass public shootings during the Obama administration that, the, that President Obama spoke on, uh, the one law that he called for every single time, in fact, often the only law that he called for, was these background checks on private transfers. We had people yesterday calling for it within a few hours, and it turns mm-hmm. out it was irrelevant because the person bought a gun at a gun store. Right. You know, but- and he had a background check. Right, you had a background check. Yeah. So, um, what are what are what's the percentage of these mass shootings that happen in gun-free zones? Do you have any idea? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you look since 1950, you're talking about something that's uh, well over, uh, you know, it's over 98 percent of the mass Jeez. public shootings. Wow. And uh, wow. Uh, uh. So, I mean, if if that's not indicative of how bad it is to have these so-called gun-free zones and not have anybody, uh, any law-abiding people who who are gun owners to to be able to have a gun in those zones, uh, they could have prevented tragedies of this kind or at least limited them greatly. Right. Well, people can go to our website at crimeresearch.org, crimeresearch.org, and we have a list of dozens of mass public shootings around the country uh, that have been stopped by concealed carry permit holders, cases where uh, police or sheriffs or, uh, or prosecutors have said that if it wasn't for the presence of a permit holder, uh, many people would have been killed. You know, the amazing thing to me is how these cases don't even get uh, news coverage. I mean, I, mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're dramatic cases, uh, cases like a couple years ago in uh, South Carolina where uh, uh, they were having a volunteer a fire department was having Children's Day, giving kids rides on fire trucks, giving them ice cream, playing games. And a man came up, started firing his gun. Fortunately, there were two concealed carry permit holders there, volunteer firemen who had permits and carried their gun with them who were able to stop the attack. Wow. Um, You had, uh, you know, last year you had uh, the Orlando shooting at a nightclub in Florida. Florida is one of only 10 states that ban concealed carry in places that uh, get most of their revenue from alcohol. And uh, 10 days after that, there was an attack at a nightclub in South Carolina um, in which uh, a shooter there had shot three people, uh, had had missed hitting a fourth. But it, uh, a permit holder who was there was able to go and stop the attack. I felt for sure that given the sensitivity of the attack after uh, the nightclub in Orlando, that this would get some media attention. But it got... Nothing. Nothing outside of local attention there. Right. Uh, 
there are cases that I can give you which there's actual video of the hero saving lives. And I've brought it to the attention of national media. And the response has been, well, it would just be political for us to go and, and you know, make a story about this. But if the person hadn't been there and many people have been killed, uh, you know, for sure it would have made national news. And so, uh, you know, there's a real imbalance there that creates misperceptions by people. Now, <clears throat> you know, um, uh, in this case, uh, yesterday, uh, there was a, a law-abiding citizen who had a rifle and was able to go and stop the attacker. There's witnesses there who have said that if it wasn't for that citizen, uh, the carnage would have been much worse. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, the only thing I can say is it would have been great if somebody had been able to get there even faster. Right. Or so, somebody who was already there inside the congregation. Right, exactly. Wouldn't that have been nice? Right. You know, you, you yeah. open up fire with a with an AR-15 in the room. And if somebody has, a, a, a you know, a handgun on them and can quickly aim and fire, that ends really fast. And maybe one or two people are killed instead of 26. It's it's a real exactly. shame that this continues to happen, um, and for for whatever reason, uh, the left goes out of their minds when you suggest that anybody in a church congregation own or carry a gun with them, uh, even though they it happens. They go out in, of their minds. They do. They go out of their minds if you suggest people carry any place. Yeah, they do. The, uh, yep. Um, you know, one of the things I'll just mention uh, for a decade, uh, there was an attempt to get a law passed that would allow off-duty police officers who, with at least 10 years' experience as a police officer in law enforcement, to be able to go and carry their guns when they travel uh, across straight state lines. Mm -hmm. That was finally passed in, like, 2003, but Democrats had filibustered that for a decade, saying that allowing uh, police officers with 10 years of experience to carry was a danger to public safety. Oh, I mean, it's just kind of absurd in some sense. Oh, Here we trust wow. individuals to be able to go and uh, protect us, and we trust them on duty. But somehow, uh, as soon as they're off duty, uh, we no longer trusted them. Uh, Ted Kennedy, former senator from Massachusetts, led the filibuster against that. But mm. you know, here we had individuals who for free were willing to go and carry around their guns and protect others if something went wrong. They were Right. You didn't even have to pay them. They were asking, begging for the chance to be able to go and do that. It was only after 9-11 that finally there was enough political pressure to finally kill the filibuster that was there. But, um, you know, it, uh, uh, you know, in France, uh, it, up until recently, it had been illegal for off-duty police officers to carry their guns at all. You may not know this, but the... Uh, concert shooting that occurred in November 2015, where 130 people were killed between the various venues where the attack occurred. Um, there were eight off-duty police officers who were attending the concert, but all of them at the time had obeyed the law oh. and uh, didn't wow. uh, have their guns with them. Unbelievable. One can only imagine Unbelievable. how that might have turned out. Now, in part because of this strong political pressure, you know, the anger that people had that you had these officers there and they weren't able to do anything. France has changed its rules so that 
mm. off-duty police officers can carry, but there's still Little a late. lot of countries in Europe that ban it. Yeah. Uh, John, appreciate it. Thanks for fighting the good fight. And uh, so your your website is crimeresearch.org, right, if people right. want more information? Yes. Crimeresearch.org. Uh, John Lott, appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Uh, co-wrote the book, Control, Exposing the Truth About Guns with uh, Glenn and the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. 888 Interestingly, uh, we have this fantastic client uh, right after that interesting discussion with uh, John Lott. Identilock. If your family is under duress, let's say there's an intruder in your home, heaven forbid, a single second could be the difference between life or death for you or your family members. Takes less than one-third of a second for Identilock's computer. It's just a little lock on on the trigger. Uh, just really... In, so instead of putting it into one of those little teeny gun safes that, you know, you got to reach over, you got to put your finger on, the door, the little gate has to come down, you got to reach inside, you got to grab... Too many steps. Or too many steps. Or you can just do this and it, unlock it like that. Ow. That was fast. Very fast. <laughs> very efficient. You've got your gun. You're ready to go. Hopefully, you'll never have to use it. But this keeps your family safe when you don't have to use it. And it uh, keeps you safe if you do have to use it. Gives you peace of mind that only the people you allow access can do your can have access to your gun. You can either use a key, or I haven't put in my fingerprint yet, but we're going to do that. Or you can use the fingerprint, and I and it identifies you that way too. So it's light. It's twelve ounces. It can travel to you with the in the office or in a purse. Uh, it was created by a parent for parents to help prevent accidental or unintentional discharges and to give you access to your gun really quickly in a split second if you need it. There's nothing better. It's available exclusively at Cabela's throughout the nation. Identilock. It offers an option to add up to three authorized users with one master user who can disable pro t- profiles if necessary. Check it out for yourself. Uh, it is fantastic. Go check it out at Cabela's. It's available exclusively at Cabela's. You're listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Great to have you here. 888-933-93. John Lott is so knowledgeable on this topic and so logical about it and has so much knowledge. The the statistic that 98% of mass shootings since 1950, 98% have happened in gun-free zones. It only makes sense, though. I mean, if you want to make a name for yourself, if you want to kill as many people as possible, are you going to go to where there's guns or where you're pretty sure there aren't any guns? A school, a church, a mall. That's, that's what you're going to do. And that's what they continue to do. So maybe we look at that. Is that something we can check into? Uh, let's go to Grayson in Arizona. Grayson, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat. Great to talk to you, sir. You too. Uh, let me tell you something that is being done. And it's a great disservice that it's not being mentioned or talked about, really. And that's uh, in selling firearms, we we profile. I've sold thousands at big major retailer for years, but my late father uh, 
uh, had quite a large store here as well for years. Uh-huh. In fact, I was 10 when I sold my first handgun, and uh, and I simply sold it because the gal that worked at the hospital, the husband came in, she'd been accosted, it was an overnight nurse, and I said, well, these Walther PPKs fit my hand, and I'm sure her hand is about the, the size of mine, and he was sold, but, but even from that time, and for all the years since, when we're talking to people, a lot of times, if you don't know someone, and and you, you haven't really spent time talking to them in in just a few minutes you they can elevate and escalate in such a way that at our disposal we can uh stop the check uh or even stop the process right there we we can mm. use there's tools at our disposal and that's perfectly legal for you know. to do oh absolutely you yeah. we can during that process that you can be delayed and yeah. and anybody anywhere can be delayed for any reason and and we don't know, but we can also use that as a tool if something just doesn't add up with what the person's saying. If there's inconsistencies in information that they're providing, and I'm just talking re- regarding the firearm, we don't think, and maybe I'll just say I, if I don't think you're competent enough or have enough knowledge or maybe you need a, a firearm safety course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also been a volunteer instructor with Game and Fish been around that my whole life but when these programs are available and i and i could see reciprocity with folks that are getting into the sports sure you know these are things that we can do to stop uh individuals and and i would imagine i would imagine grace you're not the only responsible gun seller in the country there's got to be you know almost all of them have to be like that because appreciate the call by the way nobody wants to sell a gun to a deranged person, right? 888-900-3393. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Radio Network. And coincidentally, so is Jeffy with Chewing the Fat. Welcome. Thank you. Happy Monday. There's no such thing. Good to see you. How are you? Oh. What do you mean? There's no such thing. No such thing. Monday. Monday. You coming off uh, the big time change weekend? (laughs) Oh yes. That's. I mean. That's another the fall thing. back. I, I I'm not like sure that. how I, I'm not sure how, which one I, I love like the, the fall back. I don't know. You liar. What do you mean? You don't yeah, know. Don't You'd know. rather lose an hour of sleep than gain one. Yeah, Come but, on now. That's just silly. But you don't. That's silly talk. We're in silly really, season. You here. don't really <laughs> lose or gain yeah, you do. An hour. You gain an hour on that day. <laughs> you gain one full hour of I know, sleep but on that we'd day. We already made that. We already made it up. Oh, already. Well, now we now we have. I just want them to stop now. Okay, let's just stop. Leave it with here. The charade of daylight leave it savings. Here? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah. just leave it. Yes, please. Where it is. Let's, ar- let's not artificially jack the clock around. Can we? <laughs> I guess it depends on the time of year you were born. Whether or not you end up, I guess, in when you die, you end up gaining an hour or not. Hmm? Well, we just gained an hour. Now okay. leave it alone. Right. Now to leave it there. Mm-hmm. Let's let's leave it alone. Leave it. Stop. Yeah. No reason for it. Let's stop. Seriously. I mean, you you. 
you hear reasons like, well, it was done for the farmers, so they'd have more light right. when they harvest. Yeah, during uh, the war. It was war. done for the school kids, so when they go to school, yeah, it's, it's light. light. Uh, it's done. For, uh, shut up. It's. I mean, they're all <laughs> archaic, dumb reasons now that don't apply. Why do we do it? I don't know. Because we're, it's a habit well, now. And then, right. Some states, though, have rightly said, you know what? We're not yeah, playing that dumb game. I know, but then you got to worry about what time it is in their state. Yeah. When you do business with them, it's stupid. I know, but I don't blame them. I don't blame them. But then about a decade ago, you know, the Republican Congress with George Bush said, oh, we need to save energy. And so they made the date differently so that right. we do the clocks a week earlier in the yeah. fall in three weeks. And guess what? And later, and it doesn't think, save energy. think of the billions it's, of dollars we've saved in, in, in energy. It screws up Halloween. For, no, so we, uh, Halloween is now in the daylight because of that. Mm. Makes me mad. Mm-hmm. I, just con- I just commented on that this Halloween. Let's boycott. It's time because change. they pushed yeah, the they time pushed change it back. back and yeah. it's so light outside, yeah. and I want to get this over with. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody starts at about the same time anyway, right? It's not because it's dark. Uh, you, yeah, no, you start when it's... No, you, that's old start, school thinking. Start when dark. it's dark. No. Yes. No. Yes. You start... No. Yes. No, you don't. Yes. Yes. No, you don't. <laughs> yes, you do. No. <laughs> tremendous riveting <laughs> back and forth. It's a ping pong match, no. boys and girls. No. All right, go ahead. Uh, good news from uh, the Hershey Company. Uh, the, the first new Hershey bar in 22 years. Really? Yes, in 1990, they, inter- they introduced the uh, cookies and cream hmm. uh, okay. in 1995. And uh, the original milk chocolate Hershey's bar went on sale in 1900. And now we have Hershey's Gold. Which hmm. is what? Caramelized cream bar with oh. pretzels and peanuts baked inside. Nah, I don't want the peanuts. Dang Notice it. the missing ingredient, though? Chocolate. No chocolate. No chocolate? No chocolate. Wow. And the caramelized cream is, uh, you know, they, they love it. It's like the cream that's um, the non-dairy white stuff filling in the Oreo cookies. <laughs> So that <laughs> might be <Sounds> good. Delectable. <laughs> that might be good. Non-dairy white stuff, man. That's the dinner bell is ringing now. <laughs> it's like the non-dairy that white stuff. stuff. Oh, I love that stuff. Are you kidding me? That's good stuff. You can't get it. Come on. Tell I, me. You I, can't caramel get cream it. sounds really good. Yes, it does. They you don't like it. the peanuts. I don't though. like the peanuts in it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, take them out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that big a Hershey fan. Like their plain chocolate bar is not the best chocolate. Yeah. It's like okay, oh, are you no, an it's good though. I mean, it's, it's really okay. good. Oh, I'm a big fan of their cookies and cream. Are you? I like Hershey's cookies and cream. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a good that's a good chocolate bar that you can eat more than one of at many yeah. times. I don't dig it. Not that I've ever done that. Huh. <laughs> oh, I think clearly. I think we're looking at the video evidence. Not that I've ever done that. We are. We're, uh-huh. what right video now we're are looking we at playing? the. Yeah, it's looking right at you. We're seeing the evidence oh. of your speltness. Speltness. <laughs> <laughs> Out of Battlesboro, Vermont, good students who do good now. Congratulations, you're going to get a free burger. Burgers for excellence. Why did they not have this when I was a child? Uh, because they didn't want to go into business. Why? <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered. If you, why would... Free cheeseburgers to students who receive... Of course, you would have had to done to have done well Thank in order you. to get the free burger. So it's I guess that wasn't mm-hmm. an issue. Never no, mind. actually, but there there was a place uh, when I was in uh, in junior high school uh, that uh, the A and W root beer, uh-huh. and the first kid there from the junior high school would get a free basket burg for lunch every day. That's what they did. So they would make you know the kids would race there to see who would be number one. Mm-hmm. However, I found out 
that my school, I, I didn't go to that particular school, and the school that I went to let out 10 minutes earlier than the big school. <laughs> so you were there every day. How you doing? First. <laughs> I didn't do it every day because you don't want to ruin a good thing. You get, you no, get greedy. Right. Yeah, yeah. You get greedy and people start to notice, hey, how come you're here every day? A couple <laughs> times a week, though, free burger and fries. A&W drive-ins, uh, I just I miss those. I do. They were oh, great. They were. That A&W root beer, then a chilled mug, so good. Oh, so good. So good. And then you just have the root beer. Floats and, the, and if no, you didn't I mean, have a lot of money, you just get the baby burger that was like fifty cents. And or then you the get there early before the other school, and or you, you get, get there, there for free. Before. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you didn't you didn't have any money. You had to do because the right? Papa Burger was like yeah, that was the big one. Expensive. Hello, yeah, you got the Papa Burger. It was like a top were... of line thing for a buck fifty. You, I didn't have a buck fifty. <laughs> no, <laughs> not for that whole thing. No way. <laughs> Never had a dollar fifty to my name. Plus, even if you had a buck fifty, you wanted to get some fries too. You yes. didn't just want and the burger and a root beer, right? Mm-hmm. So we got to take what you can get. Did you have to run to get there first? No. You, it was I mean, 10 minutes earlier. There was please. no point in running. Okay. Why? You got there I'm first. I'm just wondering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vis- I'm just trying to visualize the whole moment there. Don't. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. A, no running. Mm-hmm. I had to run. I think we're all grateful for that. The seismic Why shift would... that would occur would just. Really? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Why would it? I don't know. Just coincidentally. It's a physics thing, yeah. Jeffy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, number one movie, Ragnarok. Ah, Thor. Ragnarok. What'd that bring in? One hundred and twenty-one million dollars. Is that was that more or less than they expected? Uh, I think that it was actually about even. I'm not. I didn't. I didn't see exactly what their thoughts were, but I remember seeing early on this weekend, on uh, before the end of the weekend, that. It looked like it was going to be. Yeah, they're calling they it strong, of, so yeah. that, that must be about what they thought. Um, and then uh, you know, but I mean, Bad Moms Christmas is number two at <laughs> you know seventeen million. Yeah, I mean twenty twenty one million overall. Yeah, their first big strong week, so that's a big difference, man. Yeah, it is. And Blade Runner has been out for five weeks now, and it's it was still at well, it's at eighth, but only eighty five million total. That's not a good domestic that take at all. That is not good because it costs one hundred and fifty to make. Right. Oof. I mean, I, I'm sure it's doing well overseas. We've talked about it before. I don't have the overseas numbers, but still, mm-hmm. as we've talked about it, they don't get the as big a cut. Right. And you know, doesn't help them as much, but no, it's still, 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 it still helps. Helpful. Yeah. And uh, I was surprised that uh, my friend Dahmer. We talked a little bit about that on the on our Facebook yeah, Live a, the other day. It's about Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Right, but yeah, um, but it was only open in like a, a four theaters. Okay, so I mean, it only made forty five thousand. I'm not sure why they would open that just in four theaters to get that to get that started. Yeah, that's with the the kid from uh, R five uh, that my daughter is in love with. That's playing such a bad guy. He's like a pop star, and oh. uh, you know he's, he's such a he's such a good good kid, and then he's playing this Jeffrey Dahmer. Creepy, really creepy. Uh, that. It did. I mean, in the four theaters, it averaged eleven thousand per theaters, which is pretty good. Pretty good. That's a good take. Yeah, that might actually do something when yeah. it's released wide, pretty if it darn. ever is. All right, so we can talk a little NFL football. I don't know if you caught a little bit of NFL football uh, nope. yesterday. Uh, nope. If you're one Nothing. of the ones nope. like nope. Uh, nope. legendary sportscaster on. Vin Scully, uh-huh. who said, uh, "Yeah, no, I'm never going to watch another NFL <laughs> game due to the players' protests during the national really? 
He'll be 90 later this month. How much is he going to miss? He's an old he school would, guy. Uh, but he made a statement during a question and answer period at the speech he gave in Pasadena, California. I have only one personal thought. I am so disappointed. I used to love during the fall and winter to watch the NFL on Sunday. It's not that I'm some great patriot. I was in the Navy for a year. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. But I have overwhelming respect and admiration for anyone who puts on a uniform and goes to war. So the only thing I can do in my little way is not to preach. I will never watch another NFL game. Wow. Good for him. Scully. Mm -hmm. Good for him. Wow. That's, That's really huge. And the Saints, I mean. One of the all-time greats. Forever, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Vince Scully. Yeah. I mean, the Saints are already in, uh, they're in kind of a public feud with this guy who they were going to give an award to. I mean, I don't know if you noticed. I don't know if you noticed, but I watched uh, the Dallas game, the Cowboy game yesterday. Mm -hmm. And uh, wow, Mm -hmm. are we inundated with the NFL trying to prove they like the United States of America. (laughs) Really? What'd they I do? mean, the coaches are all wearing camo wear. Uh, they've got well, players doing uh, how much respect they have for the military guys that they went to visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, USA, USA. I mean, it's all they are trying to ram that down our throat. And, but the problem it's is, too late. It's too late now. Now get off your us. knees. You've shown us that that was all a game. That was all for show. And get off. You You've know, shown it. Stand up. Stand up for a couple weeks without saying a word. Just stand up. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we'll relax a little bit. I thought it was interesting. Yesterday, they wanted you to uh, tweet out hashtag salute to service. And uh, for every tweet. Yeah, they were giving money. What was it, a thousand bucks or something? I think it was only each? five bucks a tweet, five, right? Five bucks a hashtag? Yeah, yeah. yeah, the hashtag salute to service. I know yeah. in the evening they were up to 600,000 tweets or something. I don't wow. Know, something like that. So uh, That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's taking away from. I would hope that it would actually be a little bit better, right? So that just means that the crowds are less. Probably. The people watching, yeah, because they were giving five bucks to uh, the nonprofit groups that they had. And that got leads me back to the Saints story where the guy turned it down, yeah. Um, they, But they're like the Saints were. It's unfortunate and disappointing that he didn't take this. And we're not going to let this dissuade us from our years of service to the – that's not what it's about, New mm-hmm. Orleans. Mm-hmm. Not what it's about at all. I'm sorry, but I, I don't – And on top of which, there was another story this weekend of another businessman, uh, kind of an important businessman that was doing a bunch of money uh, to the NFL that was pulling out. So it uh, it will be uh, it'll be an interesting time. Mr. Goodell is not going to be much longer. I don't. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. I think you're much longer for the job. And uh, I mean, we can't go the Monday without talking a little. Mizzou college football. Oh. Three in a row, four mm. and five. It crushed the University of Florida this weekend. <laughs> There's another team in a really, uh, really weird, bad streak. Yeah. Florida Gators. Yeah. Not doing well. And I'm, you know, I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm glad to see it this past week. So Mizzou is doing great. And, uh, <laughs> You know, college football is looking up in and, my world. And sure. We, we didn't think that uh, they'd win an SEC game. No, yet. we didn't. Mm. And now, and after What's the record now? Four and five, nice. Four and five, and they that's better better than two and eight. And then, well, I don't know who's two and eight. I mean, that we care about. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody we, we care, care about. about. Nobody. Nobody. I nobody. mean, if you were two and eight, you'd have a quarterback that limped off the field, whining he's got to get surgery now, can't play for the rest of the year. Mm. God, that uh, sucks. That that something like that might happen, but you I don't know, know who many, that would be. You many, you know how many injuries they've had to the two deep chart? Forty. <laughs> Forty. 
Seriously. And many of those. I That's think, so bad. Wait, 13, 14 starters now. Like f- and he's gone for the year. Uh, we were. He was actually having a pretty decent game yet on Saturday. It was. It was good. No, he. Uh, no. Yes, he was finding open receivers and moving the ball. Hmm. I mean, we outgained them in yardage not, and lost twenty to thirteen. Not in the red zone. You didn't. Sucks. I know, but still, he was doing pretty well. And then he gets hurt. And and now the guy everybody's calling for because the backup is always the wonder kid until they get out on the field and play. I know he looked good though. No, he didn't. The backup? <laughs> the one's his no, face, the kid that came in? Bo Hodge? He did yeah. not look. He oh, did. please. He got brought a little excitement. He was to terrible. That boring offense that BYU's been putting on the field. He was terrible. He was a little excitement. Terrible. He was not yeah, exciting when you throw the ball to the other team and it's an interception for, for yeah, a boy, touchdown. Yeah, boy, your boy never did that. Uh, well, he didn't yesterday. I mean, Saturday. He was actually playing well. Mm. He was playing well <clears throat> when he got hurt. Mm. And all he, 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 it was a non-contact injury, too. So Yeah, he stepped out of wrong. It was really strange. All these guys are made of glass. I can't take it anymore. Um, but uh, d- your girl, uh, whose show you record every week, Jackie, she had uh, Patrick Moore on her show, yes. right? Were you there for that? You uh, yeah. Founder of Greenpeace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick Moore, the founder of Greenpeace. I, I love this guy. Oh, yeah, he's great. He just, I, you keep in mind, and you can't say it enough times, he founded Greenpeace. I know. And yet, now he's at total odds with them. Big time. Because, as he has said, there's been a debate all through the last couple of hundred years in science about the effect of what we what are called greenhouse gases. And CO2, if you believe that the greenhouse gases do what some people say they do, is a greenhouse gas. Therefore, theoretically, increasing it in the atmosphere would cause warming. The problem is, and here's where he's a scientist, and he's not willing to go with the uh, point of view that the mainstream media wants him to go with. The problem is, there is no actual evidence that it's huh. a green that it's a greenhouse gas. Huh. The only thing we have is this modern warm period we're in, which is part of a thousand-year cycle of cooling and warming periods going back three thousand years. So. We're in a, somewhat of the middle of the what would be a normal warming period in the Earth's climate. Amazing. And like he said, and even Al Gore, and I don't know why more people don't talk about this, because Al Gore's even admitted that CO2 doesn't always drive the temperature up. And that's the crux of the issue. But I bet it certainly Sometimes is. Sometimes the temperature goes up and then the CO2 follows it. <laughs> well, then that completely ruins your whole it theory. It sure does. On top of which, though, I believe I would be willing to bet that you could hear Al Gore saying uh, both those. Yes, you could. <laughs> yes. Yes, you could. I mean, that's Al Gore's problem right there. Yes. But the other thing is, what made me an absolute believer in global warming was yesterday when I left Helena, Montana. It was 18 degrees. By the time I got off the plane five hours later, it was 90 degrees. Think about it. It went up 72 <laughs> degrees in five hours. At that rate, when we go outside today, it's going to be 262 degrees. Well, I can tell you right now, you can't touch the one of the walls in the building. I'll bet. No, I'm can't. just, I'm grateful the air conditioning's holding up. Yeah, here. well, look, it's, uh, it's not really the, the, they're melting on the roof right now. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. That's uh, chewing the fat with Jeffy. Uh, thanks for coming in. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray Unleashed, the Blaze Radio Network.
returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, before we get back to the phones, uh, let me tell you about Cosmo Hertz kids. They, they're on a, a mission, and I really believe in this mission. Uh, Victoria Hearst founded it. She's part of the Hearst family, and the Hearst Corporation, of course, publishes Cosmopolitan Magazine. They're not trying to shut it down there or censor it. They're, they don't want it to go out of business. Um, what they want is for states' material harmful to minor laws to be applied to Cosmo. Then you couldn't sell it to kids under 18 because, frankly, let's face it, it's porn, right? Um, a couple of good indicators here. Recent, recent stories on Cosmo. Uh, you tell me, this is what it's like to fall in love with your brother. Story in Cosmo. Uh, you want your kids reading that? Uh, I was just in the airport yesterday. Happened to see the uh, newsstand where they had a Cosmo. And in huge letters, hot sex diaries. True tales of ultimate pleasure. They'll turn you on and inspire naughty new moves you can use. Okay, do you want your kids under 18 reading that? I, I frankly, I don't. So Victoria Hearst believes that too. She believes in free speech. They can publish what they want. Kids just shouldn't have access to it. That's all. If you believe that too, go to CosmoHertzKids.com. Find out how you can get involved. That's CosmoHertzKids.com. All right. Uh, 888-900-3393. Obviously, we've been talking today uh, about this horrible shooting yesterday in, in, uh, in Texas, just outside of San Antonio at a church, a Baptist church. That guy was just out of his mind, apparently mad at his ex-wife and his in-laws, none of whom were even in the church. And he killed 26 people anyway, put 20 others in the hospital. Uh, Ten of them are in critical condition. So a really horrific, uh, a really another horrific mass shooting to deal with. And of course, all that comes with it, the immediate politicizing of the event. Uh, Gene in New York. Welcome to the blaze. Hi, Pat. Hi. I was uh, very interested in your comments about gun control being uh, not the solution. I feel we we need to return as a society to our traditional values of Christianity as the core guide of our family's existence. Yes. And uh, there's there is a book by Peter Berger. He is, interestingly, a Lutheran minister as well as a sociologist, and usually uh, social scientists are not ministers. There's a, usually a disconnect between that. Uh, the book is called The Sacred Canopy, and the book emphasizes that religion is the social glue of our society. And I, I really believe that's 100% correct. And mm-hmm. this gun control has nothing to do with the problem that we're experiencing, I, I really, that's my opinion, at least. I really feel that we have lost our traditional ways and uh, the family unit has broken up. Our morals have changed. Mm-hmm. And I think if we had more Christianity in our lives and uh, believed in, uh, really, if we followed the Ten Commandments, uh, we really would have a better society and less problems. And um, I really don't think it's all about gun control. I think we have to look at our families and bring people back to the dinner table, put down the cell phones, Mm -hmm. talk to each other uh, and um, go to church on Sunday. 
these poor folks were doing that, but I think we really need to emphasize the values that the church teaches and and use them and uh, put them into into action in our daily lives, and we might be better off for that. I agree. Thanks, Jean. Um Appreciate it. I, I do think that that is, if not the entire crux of the problem, a, a huge portion of it. 888-900-3393. Uh, is it Sumi in Texas? Welcome to the blaze. Summy. Summy. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I I think um, more attention needs to be given to um, to how people uh, respond to uh to uh, tragedies like this, um, start, starting with uh, with uh, Houston after the storm, um, uh, th- these people have shown that it's possible to be, to be uh, decent to each other. Yeah, tremendous I example. That I, something that's a. That's, uh, do you live in Houston? Where Where do you live in uh, Texas? No, I, I live in Irving, actually. Okay. Um, well, so you're our next door neighbor, essentially. Appreciate the call, Summy. Um, that's. That's a tremendous example of people banding together uh, after a tragedy. People banding together, and they didn't care about political persuasion, about what race you were. They didn't care what income level you had. They just got together, and they cleaned up the mess, and they helped each other immediately. Uh, that's They really set a great example for the rest of us on how to deal with things. 888 More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here. On the Blaze Radio Network. Great to have you here. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Oh, from a while ago, we looked into um, Joe Scarborough's record because he claims he always claims this kind of stuff. He was so conservative when he was in Congress. Mm. Back when I was in Congress, blah 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 blah, blah, blah whatever. <laughs> uh, and this time it was back when I was in Congress. I had a, a really high NRA rating, and he did actually. He did. We looked it up, and he was. High, high rate, highly rated. We don't even have the number. I don't, it just said he was one of the top-ranked con- right. con- congressmen. But he said there was no compromise. You can't compromise the Second Amendment. Now he wants to compromise the Second Amendment. Why? Well, because he works at MSNBC now. Mm. And he is nowhere near conservative anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he used to say it's a constitutional battle. Um, it's, he says the founding fathers did not give us the second amendment to protect our rights to shoot ducks. Thank you. Our constitutional right to bear arms is so we may protect our family in the manner we choose. And then he underlines the phrase, no compromise exclamation mark. So uh, wouldn't that include, uh, bringing your gun to the, to a church Mm. and being able to protect yourself and your family there? Yes. Yes, it would. Joe. Uh, but not anymore. It's not just M- MSNBC in general. I just thought of this. Who does he lay his head down next to at night now? Yeah, Mika. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that I'm sure they've probably brought each other a little closer to uh, the middle, maybe. 
you know, because she's so <laughs> far left. He's he's supposedly was right, mm. and maybe now they've just squ- ah no, she's just brought him left. <laughs> Let's just face it. It's he's, like a Supreme Court justice; <laughs> they never come right, man. No, they don't. They just oh. don't. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, with your thoughts on this situation, where do we go from here? How do you, is there, is there a way in a free society that has a constitution like we do that guarantees us the right to bear arms? Is there a way to stop this? Slow it down. Fix it a little bit. I mean, I think the only way is to look at the people and figure out what is going wrong with the people in America. And one thing is... We have a society founded on God here. Whether you believe that or not, whether you believe it for yourself or not, if you are to read the founders' thoughts, opinions, and actions, you have to admit that they believed it and that that's what they, that's what they built this country on was Judeo Christian Judeo values. There's just no question about that. And so... We've gotten away from that. We started with that, and now we've gotten so far away from it that we're not even supposed to mingle religion in our society at all. Is it, That's the new point of view, anyway. Has that affected people? Well, I, I think it has. I think it has. Uh, this guy was apparently denied approval for a carry license, so he was breaking that gun law as well. Um, Governor Abbott said he he bought he obtained these guns illegally. So if that's true, he broke those laws as well. And again, so any background check or anything that uh, any kind of legislation you would have passed wouldn't have helped in this situation either. And we find that time after time after time, none of the things they proposed so far would have stopped any of these shootings. So what is the answer? Maybe the answer is for more people to have guns. <laughs> it, it's it's kind of interesting that the more people have had guns, the less crime there has been over the last 25 years. And that's just irrefutable. 888 Russell in Texas. You're on the blaze. Hi. Yeah, I think we need to change the debate away from the gun debate and bring in this concept of collectivism the uh, the people whose hearts bleed um, under these circumstances are well-meaning and trying to stop it from happening again mm-hmm. but I think they're being used by the collectivists with among us who want to rule over the individual and take away our individual rights and they're just using the gun debate and every shooting as the venue to argue. It's like they're using the useful idiots to promote this collectivist idea. And, and by the way, collect, isn't collectivism the enemy of um, of God-fearing people? Mm-hmm. I'd say so, we yes. Just, we just celebrated the 500th yeah. anniversary of the Reformation, and if ever there was a collective group that withheld scriptures from people, you know, it was yeah. back in the medieval time, and they just want to get back in power. So I... I'm just trying to make a point that that it's time for us in this gun debate to say, I know you're well-meaning. We'd like to stop the the killing, too, by these people. It's practically impossible to do that. But please don't be a stooge for the people who want to use it to create this collectivist idea and take away the guns from all the people. 
Appreciate it. Thanks, Russell. It's uh, nicely put. I, you know, they, anytime you say it's difficult to take care of this problem, you're shouted down that all you, all you do is support the NRA. All you want is for the proliferation of guns. I mean, you can't even admit the problem is, is difficult to take care of and it's people oriented or you're just, you're on the take from the NRA. It's, it makes it really tough to discuss any kind of real issue surrounding this. Georgia, Illinois, you're on the blaze. Hi. George, you're going to have to turn down your radio. We'll come back to you in a second because otherwise you're going to be way too confused with the, uh, with the delay. Hmm. You're going to hear yourself from five seconds so ago. That's a problem? That's Having your future self talk with your past self in the background? <laughs> it can be, yes. Okay. can be a problem. Again, I go to this as one of our main issues. This is one of our main problems, and that's the desensitivity to human life. We've desensitized people to the value of human beings. And you can't tell me that Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry doesn't factor into that. And a good example of that was Mila Kunis on Conan O'Brien. Let's take a look at that again and see what she had to say. I understand you pulled a little prank on uh, our vice president, Mike Pence. Is that right? Oh, I did. You want to tell us what that was all about? This is when a lot of hate mail comes my way. I apologize if I'm offending anybody. No, do um, Okay. I, it's not so much a prank oh, as much idiot. as I disagreed with some of the stuff that Pence was doing and was trying mm -hmm. to do. And so as a reminder that um, there are women out there in the world that may or may not agree with his um, platform, I put him on a list of reoccurring um, uh, donations that are made in his name to Planned Parenthood. And so... <laughs> All the sheep. Monthly. Um, this is, happens every month. Every month to his office, he gets a little letter that says, like, a don anonymous donation has been made in your name. Um, Aren't you clever? <laughs> I don't look at it as a. I don't look at it as a prank. I literally. This is just like yeah. I strongly disagree. Mm -hmm. And this With is not my killing little children. way of peaceful protest. It. Yeah. It's a peaceful protest. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's it's sheer unadulterated idiocy is what it is you know what we should do is donate uh a small amount of money every single month in the name of mila kunis <laughs> to the nra every single month the nra gets a donation in the name of mila kunis uh wouldn't that be fun uh wouldn't she like that would you like that mila uh because i disagree so strongly with everything you're saying she disagrees with the fact that, that Mike Pence, the vice president of the United States, doesn't want a, ba a baby to be aborted and killed. You disagree with that strongly as a woman? Okay. <laughs> what? Whatever. But that, again, is an indication of how desensitized people are to human life. They don't even consider that possibility. All it is to the Mila Kunis's of the world is... A, a choice of a woman. It's a woman's body. It's her right to choose. Plus, she can maybe get birth control there. So that is the only thing that we should even consider. I mean, if that doesn't tell you that human life has been devalued to, this, to the point where, yeah, we've lost control of some people, then I, I don't know what does. George in Illinois, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hello. Hi. 
I was calling to talk about the uh, situation with these uh, gun control uh, problems where no matter what happens, the media blows it completely up. Yep. They want to reach everybody to convince some people that the only answer to this is a complete like collectivism taking guns away from everybody, which would be the craziest most insane thing to do in this country. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have grown we have grown from years ago from a uh Judeo Christian society into a situation where going back to God and using those inputs and in raising our families and in trying to instill in our children the area of responsibility. You must take responsibility for your actions. And it's gotten completely away from that. And that's what I'd like to say about gun mm. control. Thanks, George. Yeah, personal responsibility is a thing of the past, isn't it? A lot, a lot like common sense. Common sense is dead. Personal responsibility is dead. There's no responsibility on the part of the actual shooter. It's all on the gun that he used. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like blaming a fork for people to getting fat. It, it doesn't work. You can't blame the fork, okay? It's the guy operating the fork, putting the massive servings of food in his face that got him to that that fatness. <laughs> Look at Jeffy. I was going to say, is there anybody that comes to mind? Uh, I mean, is this just kind of a, a generic example? I mean, obviously, you got to go there, right? <laughs> Look at Jeffy. As Are we going to blame the fork? No. No, we're not. Blame the Jeffy. Uh, blame the Jeffy. Personal responsibility. 888 Also, something we haven't mentioned yet today, but this is an amazing story. Rand Paul was attacked by his next-door neighbor, got five broken ribs, but that's not the amazing part. The amazing part is he was mowing his own lawn when it happened. That is something <laughs> else. I mean, I thought I, I had to read that Wait, detail what? twice in the story. He was doing what? Is he using a push mower? Or does he at least have a gas or electric mower? Mm-hmm. Is he a riding mower? His as he's mowing the lawn, and U.S. that should be the headline: U.S. Senator mows <laughs> own lawn. <laughs> A U.S. Senator is mowing his own lawn. How about that? Yep. Only Rand Paul. I yeah. mean, I'd like to know uh, how many others actually mow their own lawn. Anyway, I'm surprised it was Rand. If I had to pick one, yeah, I, I would have gone. Boy, Louis Louis Gohmert would do that. As far as a congressman doing that. I could see that. Yeah. Would yeah. you think Ted would mow his own lawn? Ted Cruz? I just, Mike Lee? Mm, Mike Lee, yes. Mike Lee would. I think Mike would. If I have to go send it, I'm putting my money on Mike Lee. But, you know, I, I thought for about, I don't know, five minutes, maybe uh, 15 years ago, that I might run for Congress someday, and that was going to be my campaign slogan. Keith Malinak for Congress. I mow my lawn. Uh, you right? Might win. Yeah. That, that would have gotten a you vote or two, huh? Yeah. Anyway. Before you even talk policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe you never talk policy. You just no. talk about mowing Let's your own lawn. Just talk about your lawn, you know? Uh, but this guy, and nobody knows the reason. I guess they're on different sides politically, but they've always been. And they've known each other for 20 years. And people in the neighborhood said, we didn't know there was any kind of weird animosity here. And then all of a sudden, this neighbor, Renee Boucher, 59 years old, runs up on him from behind and smashes into him and tackles him 
breaking five of Rand Paul's ribs in the process. I still haven't seen details of. Have what... not seen any motive for it Did at all. Rand's dog poop on his lawn. I mean, what's happening? Here? I don't know. Is it is it the tax thing that because that's all the Senate is really? I mean, the Senate's not even considering that. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what his problem was, but. Uh, Rand Paul is supposedly in, in a ton of pain. They don't even know when he's going to make it back to, mm. to his seat in the Senate because he, he's a mess right now. He's, he's in uh, excruciating pain. Broken ribs are tough. That hurts. <laughs> that hurts. And it uh, hampers your breathing effort. Yeah. yeah. And so not a word as to why police arrested him. The guy admitted, yeah, I did. I did it. So you would think they'd ask... Uh, why? Why did you just break the ribs of a U.S. editor? But, and maybe they know and they're keeping it to themselves. But again, how about a headline? U.S. Senator mows own lawn. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. You always want to be prepared. You want to be prepared uh, with food, with water, and you want to be prepared so that you can communicate with your family. So important. If any. Any of our modern technology goes down, cell towers, routers, satellites. If those are unusable, you, t- you can turn to Gotenna. Gotenna Mesh powers the first 100% off-grid mobile long-range consumer-ready mesh network, which means you can send texts and GPS locations without the cell tower, without routers, without satellites. Uh, so if you're an outdoor enthusiast or you're a traveler, or you just want to be prepared for any eventuality, you, you need an off-grid communication solution, and this is it. When you look at all the things that have gone wrong with the shootings and the hurricanes and the wildfires, uh, there's always something that can mess up communication to make it go down or be jammed. Right now, when you go to GoTenna.com and use the promo code PAT15, you'll get 15% off your order of two, four, or eight packs of these. Super light. They fit on, you know, just clip them on your belt loop or on your belt or backpack or put it in your pocket. It weighs about four ounces. Really, really good. And then you've got a pop-up mesh network anytime, anywhere you need one. Don't wait until you need it, though, to act. This is the time. Go to GoTenna.com today. G-O-T-E-N-N-A.com. Save 15% with the promo code PAT15. That's GoTenna.com. As Brad Staggs joins us about uh, ears. Well... I'm here to talk about the haves and have-nots, Pat. The haves with the clean ears and the have-nots with the dirty ears. Or actually, you could be the have-nots with the clean ears because you don't have (coughs) earwax. And then the haves with the clean ears because you don't have the earwax. You see what I'm doing there? I see Mm. see what's happening. Yeah, I'm dividing Mm -hmm. the world into two groups. Two Americas. Two Americas. Those with clean ears, those without clean ears. The ones with clean ears, they can hear What's going on? They are informed. They know what's happening in the world. They can yeah. make it a better tomorrow. Those with dirty ears, pff, they tell them what's going on. They can't hear. That's right. The bottom line is, if you have dirty ears, you're part of the problem in this country. This is one of the most beautiful earwax commercials. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I think I've and ever I, And I hear what you're putting heard. down. Thank you very much. And that's why it's brought mm-hmm. to you by usewaxrx.com. That is why the people Mm -hmm. at usewaxrx.com want to bring the country together so that everyone has clean ears, can hear what's going on around the country, can make a difference and make it a better world with a three-step system made 
possible by a doctor, the ear softening drops, mm-hmm. the specially designed squirt bottle that, de- that delivers the exact, uh, precisely the amount of water and the water temperature uh-huh. and the water pressure yeah. that you need to clean those ears. And, and then that pH conditioning rinse then, at the end. And then what happens? Soft, supple ears. Supple. Yes. Yep. You will once again be able to hear you'll be part of the solution, not part of the problem, when you go to usewaxrx.com, promo code radio. You're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. Follow Pat on Twitter at Pat Unleashed and send him your thoughts using the hashtag TellPat. The Blaze Radio Network. Unleashed, 888-900-3393. Producer Keith was just telling me about some Mm. Dianne Feinstein audio that I've not yet heard that he promises is stellar. Go to the eight-second mark and you got... promise that I'm going to love this. That's right. Jake Tapper talking with... uh, Tapper is talking to... um, Yeah, I think it's Tapper. Dianne Feinstein. Yeah, Yeah, it is is Tapper. Okay, Dianne Feinstein, and they're Uh discussing... Um, you know, where do we stand on the whole investigation? And are we going to be able to prove collusion between on Trump, the Trump thing? Either, either the president himself mm-hmm. or the campaign with Russia? And here's okay. how that played out. And keep in mind, this is longtime lefty, longtime California senator Dianne Feinstein saying this. So. So we learned this week that former Trump foreign policy advisor George Papadopoulos traveled to London in March 2016. And then in April, he met with a professor who promised dirt on Hillary Clinton from the Russians. Have you seen any evidence that this dirt, these emails, were ever given to the Trump campaign? Not so far. Not so far. Uh, have you ever seen, have you seen any communications hmm. uh, that suggested that the Trump campaign wanted them to release them through a different means? Because obviously they were ultimately released by WikiLeaks. No, I have not. Okay. <laughs> All right. Former Trump campaign advisor. <laughs> wow. Okay, so they've nothing. got no evidence got of anything. anything. It's been they've a got year. absolutely nothing. And Dianne Feinstein just admitted, we've got absolutely nothing. There's no evidence, which is what I've said from the beginning. There's no evidence of collusion between Trump and the Russians. And it's been a year of them looking into this. Yes. And the only thing that was done was Trump Jr. got an email from somebody, and they offered some information that the Russians might have. They wanted to take a meeting. They did the meeting because they had opposition research on Hillary. Well, then it turns around that Hillary did exactly the same thing, trying to find information about Donald Trump. For whatever reason, that is okay, but the Don Jr. stuff is not. Fascinating. It's just really, it's just fascinating. 888-900-3393. I got that. Also, in a few minutes, we got, we got to play this. There's some good news here from a millennial, from a kid who... Defending himself and uh, conservative values, just American values, in a classroom setting with a an obnoxious uh, teacher who is far left, as they mostly all are. But we'll share this uh, really smart kid sticking up for himself in class. Meantime, let's go to Sean in Alaska. Sean, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat. Hey. I just wanted to say that, you know, with this shooter, I believe that it was his family that 
bears some of the re- a lot of the responsibility for the actions that he took because he was he was involved in a domestic issue and nobody called the notified the police that there was a domestic issue between mm-hmm. his wife, his mother-in-law and the family. If they had done that, the police would have came, they would have found out that he had weapons. They would have said, "Okay, we are going to take your weapons." Until you, dis- you know, dissolve this domestic problem, right? And you will get your weapons back if you can prove that you are a, you know, a mentally stable person. They probably would have found that he wasn't, so that he would have never gotten his weapons back. He would have never made it to that church. So the family bears a lot of responsibility because they did not say anything when they should have that would have always stopped this from actually happening. Yeah, and that's the biggest problem is that our <laughs> People in your family, I don't. It doesn't matter if it's your brother, your wife, your sister, or whoever. They have some kind of issue. You need to talk and find out what the issue is to solve the problem. And definitely. they didn't do it. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Sean. And that makes it really hard on law enforcement. That, that makes it really hard on society in general to stop these guys. Um, a lot of people from this kid's past said he was weird. He was creepy. He was described often as creepy, uh, but you can't put people in jail for being weird and creepy. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, sometimes it might be nice to get rid of all the weird, <laughs> creepy people in society, but unless they've done something actually, you know, illegal, you, you can't. Wouldn't be many of us left. He, well, for sure you'd be gone. Sure. Obviously, Jeffy's out of here. Oh, yeah, we're in stage right? one, Jeffy and I. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Hmm. So... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. How do you eliminate the weird, creepy people from society? Even the people who said this guy was weird and creepy in school also said, but I never thought he'd be capable of something this horrific. Yeah, you never th- you never think that of people. I, I don't know that I've met anybody in my life, and I've met some pretty despicable people, but I've never met anyone that I thought would have so little sensitivity for human life that they could go into a church and murder 26 people they didn't know. I, I've never met that person. And I'll bet most people have not. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. And again, that's that's what it makes this so difficult. You yeah. just you don't know what's inside somebody's head. And you know, it's like that song I Don't Like Monday by the Boomtown Rats. That was also written about a shooting. Uh, It was a shooting, I think, in 1978, and it was a seventh-grade girl. And as they say in the song, the silicon chip inside her head got switched to overload. Yeah, and you never know when that's going to happen to somebody. It's a pretty good description of what goes on. You never know when that silicon chip inside her head or his is going to go into overload. Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Yeah. 
What's so funny over oh, there? Oh, man. Huh? All right. Well, we, we found out the real issue of the day, finally, you know. Sure did. Uh, sure did. P. There's Diddy. No question. Puff Daddy. P. Diddy Daddy Duty. I, I don't know. What does he call himself now? What is Sean Puffy Combs? So, that, first of all, there was Puff Daddy. Okay. Is that right? I, then there was... Boy, I do... P. Diddy. P. Diddy. Then there was Sean Puffy Combs. That was catchy. Then there was Sean P. Diddy Puffy Combs. Is that right? Then there was Diddy Daddy Do Right. Wait. I, I don't know. I don't know all So the, that one doesn't seem believable. Uh, none of them do, but <laughs> he's made a, a really profound statement that I, I just thought we needed to interrupt the show to share with very you. Very serious. Here serious he is. News. Oh, ser- very serious. Very serious. I've been playing on this, and I, I decided. Praying about it. I know it was risky because I knew it, it could come off as corny no. to yeah. some people. Like, yo. No. Like, yo. <laughs> like, yo. I decided to change my name again. No, don't say that. Oh. Don't say that. Oh. I'm, just, I'm just not who not I who am. He is. He's not who he is. Before. Before. He is not who he is before. I'm something different. Okay. Something different now. So my new name is Love. Love. A.K.A. Brother Love. Brother Love. I will not be answering the Puffy, Diddy, Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy, P. Or Diddy. Or any of my other monikers, but Love <laughs> or Brother Love, okay? Love or Brother Love. Okay. Sir. So when you when you address yes. Puffy, P. Whoa, Diddy, who's that? What Puff are you talking Daddy, about? Sean Puffy Combs. Saying. What does that mean? Puff the Magic, Diddy, whatever it is. <laughs> whatever it is. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he's not going to answer to you, okay? So you're just going to have to... You're you're going to have to realize that this is serious. Huh. He's preyed on it. Okay. And he's now love. Also known as Brother, brother love. love. Okay. Brother well, Love. This seemed kind of spontaneous, didn't it? I mean, like, does the postal service know that the mail that he receives now? I'm hoping can because you know He's not gonna open it if it says it. did he puff Sean. Can you imagine Combs? how many important uh, communications would be lost? Wow. If you don't address that properly. Return to sender. And this is the guy, right? Isn't he going to run for president in 2020? No, no that was uh, Kanye no. West. Kanye West. I Kanye mean... West. Kanye Is Kanye the one with uh, Kardashian? Kim Kardashian? Kanye and, yes. Kanye and Kim. Kanye and Kim, right? Yeah. Okay. And then P. Diddy is with who? Who is uh, Brother Love with? Yeah, I didn't know who you were talking about until you right, corrected sorry. yourself there. Sorry. Jeez, man. Uh, let's see. I don't even. <laughs> you don't know wow. who Brother Love is with or right care. Now? Uh, let's see. Married to now. Do I Google Sean Combs is married to? Do do I uh, do I do? Well, probably the internet hasn't caught up with his genius. Right. So, so I don't want to type in. Uh, no. Brother Love is married to. No. Uh, let's see. His spouse is, and I know everybody might know this, but me. But uh, wow, I'm not seeing anything. So he's not involved. Oh, he has him. a partner, and that is Cassie Ventura. Duh. Uh, is that anybody we've heard of or She's... should know? Um, American recording artist, dancer, actress, okay. and model. There you go. Okay. All right. Also, yesterday, Twitter went crazy. After Donald Trump, he was with the Japanese Prime Minister, uh, Shinzo Abe, and uh, they were feeding the koi in a koi pond. Okay, I guess it's some ceremonial Japanese thing that leaders do when they come to this koi pond. They take a little spoonfuls of fish food and throw it into the, into the pond. So they were doing this, and then all of a sudden, Donald Trump dumped his entire (laughs) bowl of fish food into the koi pond, and Twitter went crazy. (laughs) 
Uh, for instance, Christina Wilkie from CNBC said Trump and Japanese PM Shinzo Abe were scheduled to feed koi spoonfuls of food until Trump poured his entire box of fish food into the pond. In another deleted tweet, uh, another freelance uh, journalist, Yashar Ali, wrote, Trump was supposed to feed the koi by the spoonful with PM Abe, but quickly got impatient and dumped the whole box of food into the pond. Mm. So people are all hacked off that he can't follow anybody's protocol. He's got to do his own thing. He doesn't have patience for this stuff. And then you watch the entire ceremony and you see that Prime Minister Shinzo Abe did the same thing first. He dumped his entire box first. Hmm. Trump saw that and then dumped his. <laughs> so, I mean, any chance people get any chance, to, man, to, to take off and go after Trump on anything, they will do it. And there's plenty of legitimate reasons to go off on the man. But sure. Could you hold your fire for stuff that matters? Yeah, I know. So ridiculous. Oh, boy. It, it's just ridiculous. And who cares? Even if even if the prime minister hadn't dumped his box of fish food first, right? Is that really an issue? I mean, come on. Did the prime minister get bored? I mean, was he just like? Ah, I think he was. Yeah, I think sucks. he's like, let's, okay, we're, you know what? We're the leaders of two of the greatest nations on earth. Let's stop feeding fish and let's get onto something else. Yeah, let's go have sushi. I mean, that really worked <laughs> so, for Herbert Walker Bush when he was here. So let's go and wow. have some of that. Uh, also. On the other side of this, Virginia resident Julie Briskman was riding her bike last Saturday down a cold Virginia road when President Donald Trump's motorcade uh, kind of drove past her. Uh, Briskman stopped her bicycle and solemnly uh, pledged at the passing parade of vehicles, reciting the Constitution and caressing a bald eagle beanie baby. That's actually not true. That, That part didn't happen. Uh, what she did instead was she flipped them off. And a White House photographer caught the event in all of its glory. And within minutes, uh, the photograph went viral. So as the presidential motorcade with Donald Trump goes by her, she's riding her bike and she flips him off. Okay, I do I agree with that action? No. Does she have a right to do it? Yes. However, she was fired from her job for doing it. You're fired from your job for flipping off the presidential motorcade? Really? As conservatives, we can't get behind that kind of action. We can't say, good, this happens to conservatives all the time. We've got to be consistent here, right? We have to be consistent and say, this is wrong. A, a person has a right to just that's just a form of speech it's crude it's not nice uh but you should be able to do it and keep your job her employer though akiva llc uh didn't feel the same way i do they fired her immediately she's a 50 year old mother of two um Bruskman said, they said we're separating from you basically you can't have lewd or obscene things in your social media So they were calling flipping him off obscene. She made the point that one of her fellow employees at Akiva LLC, a male employee, a few months back, called someone on Facebook an effing libtard (laughs) a-hole. And he wasn't fired. 
Uh, and that seems to be even worse than flipping somebody off, frankly. But obviously, you know, I, they must be they must be supporters of the president at Akiva LLC. I think she's got kind of a point. One seems a little worse than the other, and it's not hers. He was reprimanded, but he was allowed to stay with the company. Um, so why did she do it? Why did she flip off the presidential motorcade? Pure anger, she said, particularly over the fact that he was once, once again, spending time at the golf course. Did she, did you know that he was coming from the golf course? Maybe she did. He was passing by and my blood just started to boil. She said, I'm thinking DACA recipients are getting kicked out. Oh, jeez. Ugh, it is agonizing to have to defend uh, somebody like this because mm. they're idiots. He pulled ads for open enrollment on Obamacare. Only one third of Puerto Rico has power, like he's keeping the lights off in Puerto Rico. I'm thinking he's at the damn golf course again. <laughs> so I flipped off the motorcade a number of times. Mm. Well, let me, let, me, let me explain how you know when he's leaving the golf course, okay? Okay. So his schedule is typically made public. So oh, true. if you know he's at a golf course in a particular place, um, just mm -hmm. monitor Twitter, sign up to be alerted whenever the president tweets. Because he won't be tweeting for a little while. He's not going to be tweeting when he's out there on the front nine or the back nine. He does tweet mm -hmm. at the turn. I'm not kidding. Um, and then mm -hmm. when you know it's about, you know, it takes about four hours or so, five hours maybe to play around. And then uh, you check your Twitter feed, and when it starts dinging again, you're like, oh, he's back in the car. He's about to pull right out of this gate here. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's how you know when he's coming out and get ready to flip him off if you so desire. I, st I still, I doubt that she had his schedule handy. Sure. Uh, but she just hates the guy, and so she wanted to flip him off. Now, but that's, this is America. America. It's Thank America. You. It's a political statement in the United States of America. You can do that, and you shouldn't be in fear of your job when you do that. We've just gone so far into the abyss on this stuff. What happened to freedom of speech? Yes, sometimes there are consequences for using your freedom of speech inappropriately. This shouldn't be one of them. This is not egregious enough to, to fire somebody from their job. Maybe you say to them, hey, uh, we'd appreciate it if you didn't do that. <laughs> Maybe, and then move on. <laughs> right. Right? Is that the best use of your time? Mm. And she's on her own time. She's not on company That's, time there. Thank you. Yeah. So can you even ask that of her? I don't think so. Plus, she didn't post the picture. The White House photographer did. She didn't take the picture. It wasn't a selfie. She wasn't making a statement. Yeah. She didn't post it on Twitter or Facebook. It was posted without her knowledge, apparently. Mm. And then she got fired. Good golly. Let's grow up a little bit. And just realize that some of these things are... You just say, oh, oh, well, I don't agree with that. Let's move on. Move on. Ugh. Not that big a deal. Also, Saudi Arabia is in a real situation right now. Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia and Iran traded fierce accusations over Yemen with Riyadh, saying that a rebel missile attack may amount to an act of war, and Tehran accusing its rival of war crimes. Tensions have been rising between the Sunni-ruled Saudi Arabia and predominantly Shiite Iran, which, opposed, uh, which are opposed in disputes and conflicts uh, in the Middle East. Of course, Saudi Arabia is supposedly an ally of ours. <laughs> supposedly. <laughs> and Iran very much not. And on Monday, a Saudi-led military 
coalition battling Tehran-backed rebels in Yemen said it reserved the right to respond to a missile attack on Riyadh over the weekend, calling it a blatant military aggression by the Iranian regime. They've also done some interesting things in Saudi Arabia by arresting some of the royals. Have you noticed that? Yes. Uh, that's kind of weird that the uh, royal family are being arrested right now. Yeah, I don't understand what's happening there. Mm, don't. I got, you know, I... That's uh, bizarre to me. I'm not really sure why they're rounding up their royals. Uh, that could, yeah, Prince Alawid was, uh, in fact, arrested over the weekend. Uh, the future king has upended a decades-old system of governance adopted by previous rulers, and people are calling it a bold but risky power play. Dozens of political and business figures were arrested uh, over the weekend, in what they've dubbed an anti-corruption swoop, including billionaire Prince Al-Walid bin Talal. While powerful royals such as the National Guard chief were fired and others imprisoned also. The purge underscores an unprecedented restructuring of the kingdom as Prince Mohammed dismantles a governance model involving consensus within the royal family while he amasses extraordinary power. It's usually not a good thing when somebody's amassing extraordinary power. Oftentimes, it doesn't go well. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Unleashed. Welcome. Great to have you here. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Big news. Houston Texans coach Bill O'Brien says he and general manager Rick Smith have actually discussed asking Colin Kaepernick to be a part of their team. This year. <laughs> They've discussed it. That'll save your season. I, I think they also dismissed it, but they discussed it. <laughs> when asked about uh, Kaepernick on Monday, a day after Tom Savage struggled in a 2014 loss to the Colts, Jeez, the Texans are done, too. Uh, he said, we talk about the roster and what's out there every day. O'Brien was then pressed on, well, have you specifically discussed Colin Kaepernick? He said, oh, yeah, everybody gets discussed. Is that a problem? Isn't that the way most teams do it? People seem shocked by that. And I'm really not. It's just that um, he's terrible. <laughs> uh huh. You know, skill-wise. And also, his political stance is terrible and irritating. And who needs it? But I'm glad they discussed it. I, I want somebody to hire him, just not any team I care about. Yeah, someone in the NFC South, please. Please. Uh, so the Falcons can, uh, play can take over them. that division. Yeah, well, it's um, going to take a lot. You know, it's, it's interesting because uh, they lost to Sean Watson last week oh, for the season. And that. so their backup is Tom Savage. And I really wanted them to try to convince um, uh, what's-his-face to come out of retirement. Tony Romo? Tony Romo. Well, that would have been sweet. I just wanted I wanted them to go after Tony Romo mm. and just give him twenty million a year or twenty whatever it takes to get him in in the Texans uniform for the year. Just mm. do it. But I, I, I just don't think Romo's interested. He's just doing too well. 
Have you watched any of the games that he commentates? Oh, he, absolutely. He co- oh, he's he, great. The guy calls the right play mm-hmm. almost every single to any time he predicts. All right, I think there's going to be a uh, there's going to be a read option here. He's going to keep the ball and take it around the right end. And that's exactly what happens. And then if, if he sees, <laughs> you know, what the safety's doing or the linebackers yes. move, he'll it's go, like, okay, oh, it's going to be man coverage or something. Man coverage here, and you're going to see a pass to the tight end over the middle. <laughs> so then you awesome. see man coverage and a pass to the tight end over the middle. <laughs> Love it. It's uncanny, the guy's knowledge of football. Yeah, he ain't coming out of that booth, man. He, he likes waking up not sore on Monday morning. I think that's a big part of it. And the guy's got massive back issues, and I wouldn't want to play in the NFL with the issues I have. Well, yes, I would. Huh? I, I'd still play because to make $20 million a year, yeah. yes. What You'll position? sacrifice your back for it. What position are you going to play, Pat? Wherever they'd put me, which is <laughs> nowhere, but I'd, I'd play wherever they put me. Yeah. Uh, also, the NFL still facing cratering TV ratings. It's also important to note that the seats in the stands are also very much empty. I mean, some of these stadiums are like half full, if that. And every week they show you um, the sparse crowds showing up for, and and I mean, the upper decks are are almost completely empty. Even the lower decks. We're not talking about just Cleveland Browns games. No, we're not at all. (laughs) I mean, the 40, of course, the 49ers are having a, terrible season so that's part of it but it's ridiculous i've never seen nfl stadiums look like this well <laughs> haven't looked at the where the falcons play uh say has it been that bad yeah not not recently but boy you know it's uh it's uh, it's been paltry at times yes i mean it's it's this is becoming i would think a crisis for the nfl they got to be They've got to be concerned about this, and maybe they should be thinking about doing something about it Mm. to bring the fans back around again. 888-900-3393 with your call. Lewis in Virginia, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, guys. It's your favorite guy from beautiful God's country, Woodbridge, Virginia. All right. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, I'm just really upset about the uh, media's coverage on this on, on this. I mean, it's the same old thing. Here we had two mm-hmm. guys, one, a guy, a neighbor who had his rifle and disrupted the thing. Yeah. When the guy fled, the rifleman flags down a, a guy, an innocent guy on the street, tells him what happened. And that guy had the courage to let the rifleman in his truck and he tri- uh, chased this guy down. Mm-hmm. Yes. He caused the, cr- the crash that ultimately was the end of the thing. But do, do we hear about these two guys in the media? Heck no, we don't hear a thing. All we hear about is the tragedy, which was a tragedy. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. But my point is, we don't hear about the good. Every yeah. month in the NRA magazine, there's a, a column of multiple people that have defended a situation, and we never hear about them on the news. They're all reported. They all have... Uh, links to the paper where they were reported, but yet we don't hear about it in the news. My point is, we always hear about the bad. We yes. don't hear about the good, just by two cents. It is true, uh, Lewis, and it's a good point. And the one guy with the rifle got a text or a call from his daughter or something. He wasn't even in the area. And she said, hey, somebody's shooting at the First Baptist Church. So he gets his gun and races over to it and actually took matters into his own hands and and started exchanging gunfire with the, with the uh, shooter. Uh, I mean, that's an incredible act of of courage and heroism. But yet we don't hear about it, and we don't hear much about it. Appreciate no. the call, thanks, Lewis. Thank you. Uh, and it's it is too bad. 
and I guess the other side of this sells a lot more, um, you know, is, is the deal. Uh, it sells, it sells more soap, uh, and it sells more copies of newspapers. If copies of newspapers were actually still sold, <laughs> they're really not. Uh, but the bravery of this guy who got a call from his daughter about the, cause what would you, if you heard that, I don't, I don't know if I grab a rifle and go over to the place. But Wait, he he did, he, and it's your daughter though. Where was she? Was she? I don't in know if she was in the church nearby or not. It, th- what I read didn't say whether she was inside the church. But yes, if my daughter is inside the church, absolutely, I'm going over there. But then they exchange gunfire outside of the church. He actually hits him to the point where he drops his weapon and gets into a car and takes off, and then he follows him. So his daughter's out of danger, even if she's in the church now. You know, that part is over, Mm -hmm. but he still takes it upon himself to get in a car and go in hot pursuit of this guy. And the guy and the guy with the car who's just driving through the area and sees all of this happen, doesn't think twice, just says, "Okay, let's go and does. Those are Texans, man. Yeah, that's why Texas is different. Those are Texans. I mean, that's just phenomenal. That's just heroism on an incredible scale because. Virtually everybody involved with this um, has said that that saved lives. This guy with the rifle saved lives. He's a plumber. We should mention his name, too. Where is that? Uh, Where's the story with the guy, the plumber? Did you throw that away? Oh, boy. Hang on. Hang on. Hold the phone. I mean, he's he doesn't have military expertise. Uh, he's He's never been in the military. He's... Stephen Wilford, mm. Stephen Williford, uh, who is a Texan and a plumber and not a military guy, not a law enforcement official. He's got no training in this stuff. I'm sure he's shot his weapon several times. Mm. They did call him a sharpshooting plumber because he <laughs> fired and hit the guy where his uh, Kevlar was not. Love it. Pretty amazing. And a hero. Yeah, he's uh, so this guy is a real hero, and we should talk more about him. Uh, and he probably saved the lives of however many other people were in that church, and maybe people who were outside that church. Maybe he would have gone. A lot of these people go and travel across town and do some more shooting. Yeah. So he prevented any of that even being a possibility. Yeah, the gunman killed half of the people in the church. He may have very well gone right back in and finished off yeah, the might other have. half. He might have. All right. Uh, we will see you tomorrow here on Pat Gray Unleashed on The Blaze. Pat Gray Unleashed on The Blaze Radio Network.